Welcome to a special New Year's Eve edition of Second City Sports, our last show of 2021, baby, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. We're live and in living color, along with Miss Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter in the IG, SK80. Once again, that's SK80, that's SIDKID80, that's SIDKID80. And I was going to do some like weird noisemakers, but I know that the first, this first time we're going to kind of, you know, slow it down a little bit. You follow me at Kena McGee on the Twitter and at Kena McGee on the IG. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps, whether it's the Apple iTunes Store, Amazon, or Google Play. Make sure you can catch any of our five live shows, including this one, Second City Sports. If you miss them, that's why you download the app because you know why we said so. That's why, and you can catch yes. any of our previous shows. You can listen and watch them at your own leisure. Make sure you follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you want to catch the audio version of this podcast, Second City Sports, you can do so by subscribing to War on Anchor. You can type in War on Anchor wherever you get your podcasts, including that iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type in those podcast platforms, W-A-R-R on Anchor, and you can follow more, more media at W-A-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Excuse me. Mm. Once again, at War Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We're not unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. Lakina, this is supposed to be a happy show, a celebration of us and what we have done this year. We'll, we will get to that later on in the show. But we also owe our listeners and viewers uh, the very best, like we always do, to do our jobs. And sometimes we have to talk about things that happens in real life. And this is the other part of the job that we try to avoid because sports is an aversion. But we will not be doing our jobs if we... Or we're, if we're not talking about these two gentlemen that made an impact on the football world, we we are of course talking about uh, ESPN Chicago reporter and talk show host Jeff Dickerson, and Pro Football Hall of Famer coach and broadcaster Mr. John Men. Let's start with the local impact first. Jeff Dickerson of ESPN Chicago, Chicago uh, born and raised. He passed away yesterday at the age of forty-four. Uh, due to his battle of colon cancer. He covered the Bears for ESPN 1000 WNVPAM in Chicago for 20 years. He previously worked and interned at the score when it switched to 670 in 2000 WSCR, of course, leaving for ESPN in 2001. He rose to the ranks as the afternoon afternoon show producer, and he covered the Bears a couple years later. He was on the beat ever since you saw him on NFL Live on various programs. He hosted a weekend a nationally syndicated radio talk show with our good friend John the Hood. We got to get him on the program sometime soon. But uh, he co-hosted uh, Dickerson and Hood, uh, talking uh, not just football but ver- other various sports throughout the country, not just in Chicago. Uh, of course, he wrote a column from uh, ESPN.com covering the Bears. He was looking at just reading the tributes uh, the, uh, for uh, various colleagues, both locally and nationally. He is an upstanding uh, gentleman. He was about the gym and on and off uh, off the job, and he would do anything for anybody uh, winning if he could. I know Joseph Phillips uh, gave a good tribute on Sean and Maya in the morning 
earlier today, and we're reading some of, of, of the tributes of, to the, our colleagues and you know, including a few uh, the guests that cover the Bears that we had on this program before. Uh, they were very touching and very heartfelt, and I did listen to the Waddle and Sylvie uh, extension of their show yesterday. They were on for an additional two hours. Uh, it was Fred Huber, Mark Silverman, Tom Waddle, Carmen DeFalco, Randy Morgan, who's one of the reasons why I'm here doing what I'm still doing now. And they they were talking about how Jeff Dickerson, um still held it together after his wife passed away a couple years ago. Uh, and, and our thoughts and condolences go out to the Jeff Dickerson family. Of course, there's son Parker, who's 11 years old now. Uh, that young man needs a whole lot of love right now. He's going to get it, but just to lose both your parents yep. uh, uh, like that, uh, I can only imagine. It's just losing one parent is bad enough as i lost both my parents my father he died died uh he was a firefighter he died on duty when i before i turned three years old of course i lost my mother uh nine years ago so you know it's 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 tough it, it's tough when you lose uh lose a parent but just for Parker to go through what he's going through right now i can only imagine losing your parents in a couple years span like that that I don't, I do not, I repeat, I do not wish that on anyone. You really don't. And, you know, there actually is a GoFundMe right now that uh, Jeff's uh, sister-in-law, Jen, set up uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, a couple of days ago, I should say. It's already, it's already exceeded $300,000. And I believe I saw uh, something from Adam Schefter saying that Jeffrey Laurie, who is the owner of the Philadelphia Eagles, he had, he donated $10,000. So just the amazing, just amazing the outpouring of support for Parker mm -hmm. and also to uh, Jeff's parents, uh, George and Sandy. I know they're, you know, they're they're having a hard time uh, right now as well. And when you know, I listen to also listen to some of that uh, that extension with you know the Wallace Sylvia extension. You know, the couple hours last night. You guys should look at it. It's on the ESPN uh, Chicago app. You guys can listen to it. It's just hearing a lot of the callers and the emotion. But Ralph mm -hmm. uh, from the Southeast Side, you know, who is a, a loyal listener, listener. He really got to got me all the call all the calls of it his especially because he you know started tearing up and he has I think one of his kids is about Parker's age and you know just to hear him say and it, and it kind of it hits you and I know that um Jonathan Hood you know Hoodie a good friend of ours I know they their days go all the way back to when they were both producers at the score together mm -hmm. like twenty some odd years ago. And, you know, he was um, he, all morning. He has been um, posting various um, snippets of their shows, you know, Dickerson and Hood. And it kind of just hit me that, well, wait a minute. We're not we're not going to hear him anymore. We're not going to hear J.D.'s voice anymore doing Bears hits. We're not going to hear him, um, you know, putting Cap David Kaplan in his place because he was one of the few guys yes. <laughs> to ever put Cap in his place. And always, you know, it, it was, you know, it just, you know, uh, you know it was just you know, funny to me. And he always he had that you know that quit wit you know he was a straight shooter he had that humor and listening to some of the stories that some of his friends and colleagues you know I heard um a good other good friend of ours ABC Seven Chicago's Dion Miller who we got to get her mm -hmm. on uh, again you know she shared a story that when she first started you know she was at you know Fox Fox Thirty Two Chicago when she was doing sports there you know they you know all went to dinner and it was just you know some of the other stories like I, I kind of I started kind of getting teared up and Peggy Gazinski who I just saw before we did the crosstalk with Sean. She also shared a story about, you know, he would have, you know, all the beat reporters, you know, have, you, he would plan everything. 
you know, planning, you know, the meals and where to go, where they were going after, you know, before and after games <laughs> and such. And listening to some of the uh, some of the listeners also too. I had the, I was fortunate to uh, meet uh, JD a couple of years back when he was a guest speaker over at IMS Chicago in their old old um, Chicago State Tree Campus on State. And you know, he was just just the epitome of your know, grace and had that you know that like I said had that quit with a humor and just just genuinely one of the nicest you know people in the business and you know like I said he was a straight shooter and you know he was he had, like he's like I said he had that he was very knowledgeable and he was he was always you know not not want to say polyandrous when it came to the Bears but he always still always was on the bright side when it came to the Bears you know when the Bears were in that terrible season a couple of years ago with, you know, Trubisky was just playing, you know, terribly, you know, he always said, oh, you know, it's not as bad as it looks, you know, and then this and that, so, and I know he got into it with a couple of callers, you know, uh, because of that, but, you know, he was always, you know, he always kind of had, he always put a smile on your face, and that's the one thing that's hardest right now, that he will be missed, and I know I I, I totally get, you know, hearing some of the other colleagues, you know, Courtney, Courtney Cronin, who does a great job covering the Vikings, you know, she, you know, that it, JD encouraged her to, you know, when she started first started doing radio for ESPN, um, he was the one that kind of like encouraged. Like, you know, she didn't think because she, she ain't never done it before, but you know, she was able to you know, get the confidence. Now she's one of the top, you know, top people over at the, the ESPN radio side. Also, too, of course, you know, she does a great job, great job mm-hmm. covering the the Vikings. Kevin Seifer, who did it prior to her, now he's doing it nationally. The NFL. He shared a really beautiful obituary. I would you know inc- implore folks to you know, read it if they get a chance, when they get a chance to listen to and listen to some of the stories, because, you know, it, it, he is someone that's you know, one of the nicest guys. He's one of the nicest guys and nicest people, I should say, in the business. And he is definitely going to be missed by all of us. And, you know, we got to make sure, you know, I'm sure Par- Parker's going to have a great support system around him and, you know, get every, make sure they need you know, the, the guidance. And I know he's a big baseball. He was playing baseball. Jeff was uh, coaching him and, um, baseball, so I'm sure make sure he keeps that get that dream alive, and just if he can, you know, the uh, there's various um, various Twitter accounts that are, um, you know, that shared it. So just look it up, and you know, it was like, I think it's like Go for Me for Parker or something like that. So make sure you guys, if you can't give or if you can't share, so that people can give. You're listening to a special edition of Second City Sports. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. This is our last show for 2021, along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. We are paying tribute to Jeff Dickerson and John Manning. We'll get into our thoughts uh, about his passing coming up in just a minute. If you have a question or comment uh, during of our uh, do any of our topics on today's show, you can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Place your Questions or comments in the comment section, Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, I know that Mr. Dickerson passed away from colon cancer. I kept thinking about this last night. Another Chicago uh, TV legend passed away, and his anniversary is coming up in a couple of weeks, and that's Stuart Scott. Yeah. I know cancer is an ugly, ugly word. If you don't know anybody in your immediate family, you know someone that knows someone that knows one that has passed away through this, uh, this ugly uh, disease. And j- just just uh, hearing Jeff Dickerson's uh, story, how uh, the entire staff from ESPN 1000 listened to that program last night, how they visited him. He wanted it private because he didn't want anybody to feel sorry for him. And that's his right. I have no issue mm-hmm. with it at all. But it's just like, uh, uh, I think Fred Humaner brought it up last night because, you know, he went through his yes. uh, uh, his battles a couple of years ago. I'm glad he's healthy and uh, working on the other side of it. But he said, we made so much advance on it. Of course, Marl Silverman talked about it, saying that he went through it last year uh, during COVID. So 
Uh, you know, There's a lot of advancements that have been made throughout the years, but you know, it still still have a long way to go. Yeah, it saved some lives, but we got to save a whole lot more. And also, too, Freddie sadly lost his wife a few years back. Mm-hmm. You know, right before he went through his own diagnosis. And, you know, it's, it's one of those days where I had a cousin, I have I had a cousin, you know, she passed away a couple months ago, just under a couple of months ago you know, because of cancer. And, and then look, I, it, it's an ugly disease and, you know, to see people, you know, having to go through the, the, the chemo and listening to, you know, what the guy said last night, you know, sharing JD's journey and the fact that he was supposed to have had surgery yesterday, but it got to the point where that the chemo would have killed them. And it, it just makes you, makes you, you know, it, it just really, it, it kind of, you know, shakes you to the core. I can't imagine when he had his surgery earlier this year, what, what, what he went through. Cause from what, you know, from what Waddle and the others, you know, I, you know, what they told it, it sounded pretty bad. And, and look, he had every right to kind of keep it, you know, I know Freddie was very upfront, you know, with his wife's battle and his own battle. I know, of course, we know Sylvie was very, you know, forthcoming with his battle. We shared his journey, you know, Sylvie strong and and look, JD wanted to keep it private. And look, that that's his that's his rights. I mean, that he was always, you know, he was always been like a very private person when it came to his personal life. I, I actually didn't know until like a couple years before his wife passed away. Uh, if you remember his wife, it was just maybe like a like a like a mole or something in her finger. Mm-hmm. That's what started her seven, six or seven year battle. And then, you know, now he had to go through it and you know, it's just it's just unfortunate. And with the V Foundation, I know there's been like massive donations to the V Foundation. And if you can, and all the cancer organizations, American Cancer Society and other organizations, if you want to donate, if you can, because we really got to beat this disease. Because, yes, there have been some advances, but you know, unfortunately, you still have people who will who will lose have and will lose their lives to cancer. And also say, I've given to say due to it's a children's cancer. Children has to have enough you know, enough, you know, they shouldn't have to go through, um, mm-hmm. you know, cancer either. So if you can, you know, there are great organizations like we, like I just mentioned, and it just, just give what you can also to also share, you know, spread the word and, you know, so they can give. Yeah. How I found out about Jack Dick, uh, Dickerson's um, condition. Uh, I saw a tweet, uh, one of the bears reporters retweeted David Kaplan's uh, tweet from over the weekend, uh, sending our thoughts and prayers to Jeff Diggerson. Maybe they knew that it was going to make a turn for the worse. I don't know. We'll never know. But I said, "Whoa, that doesn't sound good. And I saw some article on the internet that, that suggested colon cancer, but that article said it wasn't sure. Of course, now we know why he passed away yesterday. So I said, wow, there's a, like, uh, someone said it on Twitter yesterday. Life is so cruel. Uh, some things are unfair, but so, things happen for a reason, I believe. Sometimes we don't know until later. Sometimes we may not know at all. But uh, Jeff Dickerson was a heck of a reporter. I'm going to miss his hits on the radio. I'm going to yes. miss uh, call him co-hosted with Jonathan Hood. Uh, I enjoyed his work. I never got a chance to meet him face to face, but I respected his work. He's definitely going to be missed. So from all of us at Sports Zone Chicago, and especially here at Second City Sports, Jeff, Jeff Dickerson, thank you. Yeah, and um, you know, just you know, Rayford Weigel, who you guys, you guys know, did uh, did sports here, he did news here for for a few years. If you remember, his his dad Tim, you know, went through this, and I think he shared, you know, something very similar to what you said. Said that, you know, life, you know, life you know, can be cruel sometimes, and and I know I thought of Rayford when I when I saw that tweet because I I know because if we remember, his dad went through this, Tim, and we saw, yes. you know, he worked, you know, this was like this like twenty five years ago or something, a little over twenty five mm-hmm. years ago something like that give or take and i remember he kept working until he wasn't able to and 
Really he was supporting, in my opinion, he was supporting Ms. Mark Jean Greco. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he, you know, that you know, it just, it's just an, an unfortunate. And, you know, it, I still miss him. I, I tell Ray for, you know, I just told Ray for a couple of days ago. I still miss him, and I know he does, and his, him and his sister Jen do too. And I'm yeah, his sister him. and I share the same birthday. Yeah. So, oh, cool. So yeah. So yeah. um, you know, I'm thinking about thinking about the two of them, and also you're thinking about Parker, and it, and you know, it's it's going to be a big void in the Chicago sports media. Mm -hmm. JD, you know, was like I said, smart, quick witted. You know, puts himself, you know, self aside and let others, uh, put others' you know, needs ahead of others, and uh, put his others' needs ahead of you know. Mm -hmm. See, I can't talk right now. I'm so I'm, <laughs> I'm so upset, but he put others' you know, needs first before his own, and. You know, he's definitely going to be missed. And like you said, so he's going to be missed in the Chicago Airways and on TV. And it's just sad all the way around. Yeah. So peace and love to Jack, to the Jeff Dickerson family and the entire ESPN radio and WSS, the score of sports, Radio six family, both radio families. Are you listening to a special edition of Second City Sports? We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. Let's pay tribute to another a football legend, a pro football Hall of Famer, head coach and broadcaster, John Madden, who passed away at the age of 85 yesterday. He coached in the NFL for a decade, went to six AFC title games. As you mentioned, Lakina, he won Super Bowl X. Uh, as I said on Sean and Maya in the morning earlier today, I'll say it again here for our audience. If you are from a certain generation, you know him as a head coach. Mm -hmm. If you're from another generation like ours, you know him. You've known him as a broadcaster slash um, his name going into on to the video games for a different generation for a younger generation you don't you don't know him as a broadcaster you just know him as a guy with a name on a video game so he, yeah. he crossed paths from various uh, generations uh, his impact on pro football will never be forgotten he had a quick uh, wit humor about him he explained the game Come on, kind of like what Kenny Smith does now with the NBA on mm -hmm. TNT. He could come at it from his own personal angle, but he could do it without insulting you. Yeah, you can uh, get the the point that he's trying to make without you being insulted, and that's what John Mann did. And also, he brought entertainment to the into the game as well. And so he made he was one of the founding fathers of making what the NFL is today. Because where we were growing up, Lakina, we talked about this off topic a couple of couple of months ago, the NFL in the 80s and the early yep. 90s, it wasn't where, nowhere, damn near where it is today. Exactly. John Mann was one of those forefathers that uh, brought the popularity of it to pop culture status where, where it is is now. And definitely with the video games that helped that, we'll get more into that in just a moment. But as far as his broadcasting, him and Summerall, Pat, the late Pat Summerall, were great together. But of course, Pat Summerall was not, I repeat, was not his first broadcast partner. It was actually yeah. Vince Scully who retired a couple of years ago from the Dodgers. And of course, I believe, I forgot who else he worked with. And then he worked with Summerall for the rest of his time with uh, CBS with Bob, when they had. He, he worked with Bob Contis for a little bit as well locally. Then he okay. went with Vince Scully. Then, of course, with the Pat Summerall. Mm -hmm. You know, and then, of course, um, uh, Al Michaels, you know, did for, for two networks. You know, remember they did an mm -hmm. ABC for their Monday Night Football coverage and yeah. the early part of the Sunday Night coverage on, on NBC. So he's mm -hmm. fan, he, he called 11 Super Bowls in the span of the four networks that I mentioned. So, you know, he just epitomized, you know, took everything to a whole new level when it comes to anal analysts, being an analyst. You know, I want to share this real quote real quick. You know, he said mm -hmm. this is from years ago. Coaching isn't work. It's more than a job. It's a way of life. 
no one should go into coaching unless he couldn't live without it. Football is what I am. I didn't go into it to make a living or because I enjoyed it. There's much more to it than just enjoying it. I am totally consumed by football, totally involved. I'm not into gardening or any other hobbies. I don't fish or hunt. I'm in football. So, and, you know, if you remember, he was only 32 when he first got the job with the Oakland Raiders. You know, Al Davis yeah. saw, you know, saw something in him and he ended up winning a Super Bowl just a few years, about a decade later, like nine years later. Um, and he was, you know, just the, like, it's, like you said, Sid, I mean, he definitely kind of, help you know put tickets to a whole nother level and i know some of the players that are still with us from that team you know has shared some memories of his coaching style that he was you know he's kind of a you know he was more of a you know he could be you know harsh and you know he never swore i think i heard like a couple of players say and he you know he was he kind of taught you guys like a, like taught him like a family you know they were also like a family and you saw that you know, when they won that super bowl super bowl 10 and 11 i should say and um you know, also as analysts too. I mean, you know, he. I remember uh, there was a video that was posted. Someone posted um, online that has gone viral. This had to be like in the mid nineties. It was between Washington and Dallas. Um, he, he and of course someone were doing the game, and I guess Troy at the time was growing a beard, trying or at least trying to, and he had like a little <laughs> line where in his jawline, I think it was like his left side of his jawline, and he has nothing there, and you know, he had like upper upper lip. He has his upper lip. And, of course, you know, he and me and Blonde, you know, they're both Blonde. You know, you know, he said, he, you know, John said, you know, blonde hair guys don't uh, <laughs> don't uh, grow their beards. And you know, I, don't, I was like, I don't know. Somebody got to ask Troy. I mean, that was that was like years ago. It was like after his 29th birthday. This was like years ago. But it was, uh, yeah. So he kind of, he wasn't afraid to kind of make, <laughs> that, to make fun, not make fun, but to kind of like have that, yeah, like you say, he had that, that quit wit about him. Mm-hmm. And you hear some of the, 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 the interviews from other players. Lawrence Taylor said that he became a better player because of Madden. Um, Emmett Smith said, look, I think he he I think he helped, you know, drive him to kind of to reach that NFL rushing uh record, um, among others too. And I can't wait to see that all Madden's because it's now available on ESPN Plus, um, Peacock and on uh two B TV, which is a, a free streaming service that Fox owns. I know Fox big the big Fox is gonna air tomorrow at eight our time, central time. So if you guys didn't watch it like I didn't, you know, you gotta check it out. But yeah, I mean, he's another guy that's gonna be missed. Uh, I actually watched this game over the summer, and I uh, and I remember uh, watching the clip at the time. Of course, we were talking about the NFL. It was starting to become national, but it wasn't yet. It, do you remember the famous uh, fourth and one play Dallas at Philadelphia in 1995? Yes. Of yes. course, we couldn't see the game live locally yes. in Chicago because the Bears, unfortunately, that season, they were stinking it up and pissing yeah. away a playoff spot. But yes. the Bears are a whole other issue. But uh, <laughs> the, yes. uh, uh, the, Emmett Smith ran uh, – for the fourth down mark, he got stopped, but it was a clock mismanagement, and so the two minute warning came came up, and so Dallas was able to, were, were given the grant of trying it again. They tried the same play. Barry Switzer was the head coach at the time. They gave it to Emmett again. Emmett lost two yards, and John Madden yes. was really close to cursing. He's like, "What the heck yes. is going on?" Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> he totally lost it. You guys could go find it on YouTube. It was hilarious. I remember at the time hearing that clip, I was like, ooh, <laughs> he really wanted to step out on that one and really go off. But uh, I found it to be a, a, a very funny moment. But he was very entertaining. And like I, uh, we talked about earlier, Lakina, his video games, uh, especially during the early years, I didn't have them. I didn't start buying them until I start, you know, earning Money, uh, scraping up chore money, and of course, right. we start you start working in the real world. You know, you're able to buy some things and prioritize some things. But uh, those men video games, if I didn't, if I didn't own them, uh, or didn't get them for Christmas, 
uh, rented them for Blockbuster Video. I played every last one of them up until a few years ago. Uh, th- those games, you talked about it earlier too, Lakino and Sean and Maya. Those graphics, we thought they yes. were cool in the 90s. I'm right. glad they gotten better today, but the gameplay is uh, so suspect. It's so suspect. Yeah. Oh, you can find those videos on YouTube. You won't go into that part here. But it's just those video games were very entertaining, playing against your friends, against classmates. Uh, uh, it, it, it was very uh, time-consuming, I'll just say that. And I'll share the, uh, a couple of covers real quick. Uh, for those of you listening back uh, on, on our replay at War on Anchor, I'll describe the covers the best way I can. But mm-hmm. got those people that can see uh, watching right now. This is Madden 07, Sean Alexander from Seattle the, on the mm-hmm. cover. Of course, remember they named the uh, the games a year ahead of time. Yes. And so this was 07. This was the year the Bears uh, went to the Super Bowl, lost to the Colts. And I was, uh, without Madden cards, without those cheating cards, I was the man with Devin Hester. Of course, that was Devin Hester's ro- rookie year. I had like five returns for a touchdown, coming one in the Super Bowl that year on this game. It was <laughs> tremendous. Now, this is Madden 08. Vince Young on the cover. We know what happened to Vince yes. Young. We won't get into that. <clears throat> 09. This is Madden 09. Brett Favre yes. on the cover. This was iconic, but it was very controversial at the time, only because Brett Favre was traded to the Jets. We all know why, because he wanted to be a diva. He didn't want to go to training camp. Packers mm-hmm. management said, we had enough of you. Get your ass up out of here. Right. <laughs> well, and if you saw uh, you know, um, the NFL, the NFL social media uh, team, you know, they, they do a mm-hmm. great job overall, but they had a nice little collage of all that Madden yeah. covers and how they've evolved over the years from the very yes. first one in 88 to the current one with um, Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And like you said, I mean, the, the graphics, you know, have gotten better. I mean, you know, just, you know, the gameplay, I agree with the gameplay. I used to play Madden like constantly. I had a couple of those, uh, those Madden games. I know Peyton Hillis was on one. I know, the, the, I know yes, that was 12. Yep. People were kind of like, wait a minute, that's, that's random. But no, yeah, at, at, for a couple of years, he was, you know, one of the top tailbacks in the league. But, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah, but, you know, how the game has evolved, you know, graphics wise. I mean, and, and like you said, Sid, I mean, the gameplay has been, you know, kind of gone down a little bit. I know our, our buddy Ivan said the same thing, but yeah. yeah, but I think, look, he made money. And he, you know, definitely helped, he helped develop those games. And, you know, he wasn't, you know, afraid to put his face on those games. And I think, look, mm-hmm. there are Madden tournaments now that happened for years all over the yeah. country. I think, I think they've expanded to Canada too. Again, this was pre pandemic, but, mm-hmm. you know, just the, just, to, uh, you know, ended up, so he was just a great, great analyst, a great businessman, and also a great coach. He didn't have a single losing season when he was with the Raiders. So, you know, he, he just sort of epitomized what, how to you know make a name for yourself outside of using football to kind of like be a in pop culture? So he definitely helped that in, in that respect. Yeah, just a couple more before we uh, take our break. Of course, this was the last year that John Madden uh, yeah. broadcast an NFL 40, game. This was Madden 43. ten. Yeah, this is between Pittsburgh and Arizona. Of course, uh, that game was on NBC, and that was John Madden's last broadcast. Of course, Madden eleven. This is the year after they won their Super Bowl. Yes. Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, uh, PS3, now Hall of Famer Calvin Johnson of the Detroit Lions. Shout out to our good buddy, um, Dan Miller of yes. Lions Radio uh, Play-By-Play, man. So those, I, I was thinking about some of those covers. I, said, I still have some of those games around. So mm-hmm. let me 
pull them out. So now this PlayStation 5 and 4, yes. I was like, uh, you can tell I still have a PlayStation 3. And I was thinking yes. about it last <laughs> night. I said, if anyone has a cheap PlayStation 2 that I sold mine a few years ago, I said, anybody has a cheap PlayStation 2 system is still working, give it to me. I wanted to play play those games so bad <laughs> and not are mad at last night. I swear on my life. So oh, do you have a PS2 around, Lakina? I, I did. And, uh, oh, you know, oh. I know, I know. Yeah, uh, I gave it away to my nephews. I'm sure he probably sold it. So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you know, think about those games and how good those games were. And like you said, how the games have evolved. And, hey, um, you know, what's up, Armando? Yeah, so, you know, we're, we're you know, our buddy Armando Lauragy. Yeah, Armando. You know, thank you for supporting us through this year. And and look, I mean, he's, you know, we don't, I, I'm sure he was still a big part of the uh, the development of the game. You know, even, you know, in his last couple of years, I'm sure, you know, his health started declining. But, you know, he's definitely one of those, uh, one of those guys that will be remembered, not just for, you know, even my mom sort of, oh, John Madden passed away. Like, and she, and she, of course, she remembered from, you know, his, you know, Tough Act and Tanaka the commercials. Remember those ones? Yes. Those commercials guys from way back <laughs> Those <when>? flaming feet. <laughs> those Tough athlete's foot. Boom, you know. <laughs> yeah, it was just amazing. And, uh, yeah, he's definitely another guy that's going to be missing. You know, he was 85. And I know that the NFL Network is going to be showing a lot of theirs, a lot of his blood program mm -hmm. dedicated to him today. Include that for Super Bowl 43, which is going to be his last game without Michaels on NBC. Between mm -hmm. the Steelers and the Cardinals, which is, I mean, which actually was one of the better, better Super Bowls in the last 20 years, but yes, just uh, yeah, another guy that's going to be missed, and you know, just an iconic. I know he and uh, Pastor Ron will be calling this year's Super Bowl up from heaven. So, yeah, and shout out to our buddy Armando uh, again, looking if you can get that comment up. Uh, he says that yes. man defined watching the NFL game. Now I put that out on my tweet at SickKit80 and also mm -hmm. on Instagram last night. Uh, I know I keep saying real quick, but real quick before we uh, hit the bottom of the hour, do you remember? I know you remember all those all man teams they used to do every yes. year. I think yes. after 2000, 2001, they stopped it. Yes. I think when you left Fox, they stopped. I put up a clip on my Twitter last night and I got it on my Insta stories at CK80 on Instagram. They have, uh, you can look this up, folks. It's still up on uh, YouTube. Uh, the all man team from 1985 of course they filmed it right after the bears beat the you know what out of the los angeles rams at soldier field i believe it was 30 to nothing the nfc championship game he had almost the entire bears defense on his madden team yes, and of course on offense he had the punky qb jim yes. mcmahon and of course the late great walter payton from the offensive side on the all-man team. I used to watch those every year of course he had those all-man teams in his video games of course they, they don't have them on there anymore yeah, they actually the Madden rating. I, I saw uh, the, the guys over at GetUp were doing something earlier. I think Jeff Saturday said he had like a 90 on his. Uh, Dominic Foxworth, you know, had 82. And uh, I think Ryan Clark had like a, like a low nine, like low nines, like a 93 or something like that. So, you know, you know, and I think, you know, nowadays, I think people feel sort of like play around with the numbers a little bit too much. But yeah, I think, mm -hmm. you know, it was considered an honor when you know it'd be to be to be on the all madden team so but both, but both in the game and both you know in the nfl the big nfl so it was an honor so yeah i'm just gonna be watching that all madden documentaries mm -hmm. on uh on peacock or other streaming services like i said you know espn plus has it Tubi has it. if you have that it's a free streaming service i think i know the big fox is going to be airing it the next couple of days you know tomorrow especially so make sure you guys check that out because from what i heard it was a great doc yeah. Thank you to Mr. John Men for all you did for the game of pro football. Your legacy would definitely live on forever. On the flip side, we'll talk about the Chicago Bulls. They are still on the roll. They'll host the Atlanta Hawks at the UC tonight. We'll get into the best and worst of the NBA from the last couple of days. And we'll preview Michigan and 
Georgia, Georgia, along with Alabama and Cincinnati for the college football playoff coming up on Friday. Along with Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. You're listening to a special edition of Second City Sports live in 11 color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Hall of Fame football coach and broadcasting icon John Madden has passed away at the age of 85. Madden was the head coach of the Oakland Raiders for 10 years. He led the franchise to a Super Bowl title following the 1976 season. He then moved into broadcasting where he covered 11 Super Bowls for all four major TV networks over 30 years. Bob Costas on the legacy that Madden leaves. He affected everything. The way games were produced, the way they were directed, and the way other broadcasters, play-by-play men and analysts both, prepared. It was not standard procedure until John came along to have a scheduled meeting with the head coach and with maybe the quarterback and several other key players the day before the game. It was sort of just catch as catch can. And John said no. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. You need to shop Kohl's right now. I mean, they have so many deals. I got 60% off holiday decor, so I'm set for next year. Fleece for under 20 bucks and 60% off bedding. Even better, I used the Kohl's cash I earned from my holiday shopping and got it all in less than an hour with free store pickup. Who's ready to ring in the savings? Select styles ends December 31st. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. So a friend told me about Mr. Clean Magic Eraser and his exact words were, it changed my life. I used to spend a ridiculous amount of time trying to remove tomato sauce from inside our microwave and soap scum off the bathtub. It's like seriously magic and my secret weapon for cleaning the kitchen, bathroom, doors and walls, and even keeping my sneakers clean. Mr. Clean Magic Eraser, greatest invention ever. Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean. Mr. Clean Magic Eraser, the unicorn of cleaning. Welcome back to a special edition of Sega City Sports. Uh, Happy New Year, everybody. Not yet, but this is our last show for 2021. Mm-hmm. We're live in the Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. If you have a question or comment uh, during any of our topics of, for today's show, we have nine, less than 90 minutes remaining. You can do so by going to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Place your questions or comments in the comments section. And Lakina will get them up and running for you. But if you decide to troll or do something stupid, Lakina will give you the beer lane, be a boot. Bye-bye. <laughs> and speaking of giving the opponents the boot, as we talk, Chicago Bulls now switching over to basketball. The Bulls are currently 21-10 and 10 on the season. They'll host the Atlanta Hawks tonight at the United Center at 7 o'clock p.m. is the return of Bulls broadcaster uh, Stacey King. He'll rejoin Adam Amin at the uh, – uh, exiting health and safety protocols. Lakina, let's review Monday's game, which took place in Atlanta between the Bulls and the Blackhawks. The, the Blackhawks, good grief. Uh, we'll talk about them <laughs> next hour. <clears throat> uh, the Bulls defeated the Atlanta Hawks 130 to 118. DeMar DeRozan had a game high 35 points off of 14 of 20 shooting, including two for two for three point range. But Zach Levine chipped in with 30 points in 37 minutes of action, including 11 of 22 from the field and five of eight 
from three-point range. Kobe White had a bounce-back game with 13 points, including 5 of 11 shooting and 3 of 7 from three-point range. Lakina, as I said before, uh, defense uh, didn't show up particularly uh, uh, at all in Atlanta on Monday, but I like the, the way this team is playing defensively. But during the game on Monday, of course, scoring 130 points, you're going to get a, a co contributions up and down the roster. And that's what we saw on Monday on uh, as the Bulls took advantage of, of Atlanta's uh, injuries and health and safety, health and safety protocol uh, situations uh, that Atlanta's going through right now. The Bulls picked up a much-needed win. Yeah, it was definitely one of those sort of like back and forth for a little bit. You know, just when you thought that maybe the Bulls were kind of, you know, trying to pull away, but then mm -hmm. Trey Young hits who was, you know, his first game back from protocols. It's a big shot. He had 29. Um, Cam Reddish was an 8 for 13 from three. So I think that 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 kept the Hawks in it. But, you know, the Bulls did what, you know, they needed to do. Zach Levine had 30. Vucevic had 24 and 17 at a double double. Kobe White, you know, did look, he did what he could, you know, in. In, you know, in lieu of um, Lonzo Ball, he had 13 and caused some you know, key, you know, key, a couple of key steals at the end of the game. And also, too, of course, DeRozan had 35. And I think, I think they're the, I think uh, DeRozan and Zach are the first like pair of Bulls to score 30 points in it, plus points in a game in a long time. So that's a you know, pretty impressive feat in itself. And now, as far as we talked about, uh, as uh, our buddy Armando said, he was back in 1989 watching this Bulls take you see what that see they're starting to turn mm -hmm. around. And Kobe look, Billy Donovan doesn't become Doug Collins losing it on the sidelines. Oh. I'm just saying. Oh, well, <laughs> well, you know, well, and look, Chris Rubble, remember, he's still remember Billy is still in uh, Coach Donovan, I should say, is still in the health and safety protocol. Mm -hmm. So it's been Chris Fleming, you know, he's kind of you know, his audition for an, an, an NBA job, but he's done a great job kind of like keeping kind of keep everything kind of status quo, but you know, adding his little mix mm -hmm. to it. So and look, Io, you know, had eight points. He kind of struggled a little bit, but again, it's his it's his first game back from health pro health and safety protocol. So he had a big block on Trey Young. He did. He really did. That was a nice helped, block. Helped cement that win for the Bulls and keep them keep the other Hawks at bay. But yeah, I mean, look, I know that people are getting you know people are noticing the Bulls now after everyone thought, oh, the Rose is like, oh, he's not a good fit. You know, you know, they're not gonna his Levine are gonna clash and blah blah blah. That that's not mm -hmm. that's not to be the case. And it, I, yeah. I, I, well, I just want to finish this point that I like the fact that, look, I like the fact that, you know, people around the country are now talking about the Bulls, but I, I, if you're the Bulls, I would rather like, you know what, ignore the noise, just do your thing. You got Atlanta tonight, you know, we'll see. You got a couple of days off to kind of re, you kind of had a day off to kind of re, you know, refresh, recharge. Mm -hmm. They're still having issues. They're still shorthanded. I think they put more guys in health and safety protocols. So it's probably, it's probably still going to be a close one tonight, but you know, I think the bull it's all set up now for the Bulls to kind of, you know, pad some wins. Yeah, and this is where coaching comes in. As you mentioned, Billy Donovan is still in health and safety protocols. Hopefully he gets well, most importantly, and then he'll hopefully he'll return to the sideline second uh, very soon. But this is where coaching comes in because remember Billy Donovan, when he started uh, coaching in the NBA, he had those um, superstar teams in Oklahoma City. Of course, they were considered to be one of the top teams in the league to go for the title. Of course, they fell short that even though they had a couple of serious cracks at it but this is a young core a young team in chicago this is where coaching comes in mm -hmm. of course everybody's going to pat you on the back and people have been doing that here locally so far now nationally as you mentioned people are starting to pat them on the back yes there's still a few questions out there is this team for real or will they fold when are they going to fold they're going to fall flat on their face this is where billy donovan's impact and his presence comes in because you know this is, this is true just in life in general 
when people pat you on the back, when you do something wrong, everybody's going to go against you. So mm-hmm. you got to block out all the noise and, and concentrate what you do. After that, all the pomp and circumstance will take care of itself. It will. And I, and I, it, it will. And I, and I kind of feel like, you know, the, the Bulls are sort of like, it, it's right there for the Bulls to kind of like get there to win the, the, the central division. I, I feel like. And also, too, you like to ha- you like the depth on this Bulls roster right now. Troy Brown Jr., Avanso McKenna, who they just signed a-, a couple of days ago. Also, you have rookie Ayo Dusumu, who, as we talked about just a moment ago, he made a great impact on Monday, scoring eight points in 25 minutes of action, including the big defensive block on, on Trey Young, which turned that game around for Chicago in the second half. And also, too, Kobe White has started getting to it. Uh, as I talked about in our last show on Monday, uh, I know he's, he, he struggled uh, in the f- his first couple of games coming out of health and se- safety protocols. But it looks like he's finally started to turn around a little bit. Will he be used as a trading piece at the trade deadline? Uh, we'll worry about that later. But right now, I like the depth on this team. And it, uh, there, there are players that well, you forget that Alex Caruso's out. You yeah. forget Lonzo Ball's out. So, yes. Uh, give Mark Eversley, the GM, and Arturo's kind of show of his credit. Uh, they saw the roster for what it was at the end of last year and said, hey, we need to change this roster up and down. And look what's happening right now. Yeah, I'm hoping that it gets to a point where we won't have to use guys like Patrick Williams or Kobe White as a trade piece. I'm hoping, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll get to that when the time comes. But, uh, yeah, I mean – you know, the defense, the interior defense, like you said, so I think that's somebody that they really, you know, that's someone, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's the type of thing that's really concerning if, you, if there are concerns about this team right now. But I think it's all going to be about once they get, you know, hopefully they'll get into the playoffs. You know, we don't want to mm-hmm. go too far. We're not even halfway through the season yet. But, you know, what? look, it's one, I'm keeping my, my expectations tempered. You know, this team's not perfect. Actually, none of the teams are perfect if you think about it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, I like what I'm seeing right now. Hopefully they can keep it up. That's just – Look, I think it's one game at a time. I'm not thinking about oh, we could get make to the, the Eastern Conference Finals or they can make it to the NBA. No, no. Let, let's let's slow down. We're not even halfway through the season yet. Let's just you know keep you know let's just keep everything kind of like even keeled and just you know play as we go. And as far as you know trading, you know guys like Kobe White or Patrick Williams, we'll we'll worry about that if that even comes to that. But we'll, we'll if and when the time comes. Uh, the Bulls schedule looks like this for the rest of the week. Of course, tonight, as we mentioned, at 7 o'clock at the UC, the Bulls will host the Atlanta Hawks. On Friday, they'll travel to Indiana to face the Pacers for a special New Year's Eve game at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. And then, of course, on New Year's night, they'll travel to our nation's capital to face an injury-riddled Washington Wizards team at 6 p.m. So that's the, the Bulls schedule for the remainder of this week as we head into the calendar year of 2022. You're listening to Second City Sports on the special pre-New Year's Eve edition, live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. See Lakina here with us. We now talk about the NBA. Lakina, a couple of scores to go over, key scores to go over from last night. It was the Los Angeles Lakers getting by the Houston Rockets by the score of 132 to 123. LeBron James finally got some help. And Le- Le- Malik Monk, who's returned from health and safety protocols, had a Monster and stuck, monster mm-hmm. and stuck. For those of you that haven't seen it, check it out on social media. And also, too, the Knicks get back on track, defeating the Minnesota Timberwolves 96-88. But it was the Denver Nuggets who won their second game in a row on their, on their road trip. They defeated the Golden State Warriors 89-86. Steph Curry hit his 3,000th career three-pointer. Yeah, and that's he's the first guy to do that. And you know, but the, it wasn't enough. And you know, Jokic had a key block late that mm-hmm. you know that sealed the win for the 
for the Nuggets. And and look, I mean, I think the Warriors are hoping, you know, whenever Clay Thompson comes back, I know they I know they're a little, you know, there's still a little shorthand the Warriors are because I know Pool Jordan Poole is out because still because of health protocols and such. And and you know, look, Steph did, did you know did you know did his thing. You know, he only scored 23. You know, they you know, the kind of struggle a little bit outside of that. I know, I know uh, Draymond Green is now in health protocol, so that's why they were kind of shorthanded uh last night. But look, the Nuggets did what they were supposed to, beating one of the top teams in the league. They're kind of near kind of near at five, you know, nearly at five hundred right now. So we'll see if they could keep it up. But you know, as far as the Lakers, I mean, both LeBron and uh, Westbrook had a, a a triple double. That's just the third time that's happened with the Lakers, a pair of Lakers. Um, I know that. One did involve uh, LeBron. I think it was AD, but the third one was uh, we got all the way back to 1982 with uh, Kareem and Magic. And look, you know, I don't know what to think about the, the Lakers. They're 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 tough to figure out. Yeah. I know that they. <laughs> yeah, I know that AD is going to be out for a few more weeks with the knee. So you know, it's going to be very interesting to see. And they they actually switched LeBron to the point to the, like to, to to the three spots. Mm-hmm. Maybe that they actually played their best game of the season. So maybe that's something that was missing. So we'll see if they'll, if they can keep it up, but you know, they needed this one. I know it's Houston, but you know, Houston has actually been able to kind of stay with the Lakers. So we'll see if they can keep that up. Yeah. And a couple of the teams that stood out to us uh, over the last couple of days, the Utah jazz without Donovan Mitchell, uh, they got by San Antonio on Monday, 110 to 104. Uh, the Grizzlies uh, got by the Suns, 114, 113. Of course, as we told you guys on Monday, head coach Miley Williams of the Suns is out. Uh, on, he's on the health and safety protocol list. And the Brooklyn Nets, uh, they sweep the L.A. portion of the mm-hmm. road trip, uh, being the Clippers, 124 to 108. The, the Clippers, uh, hopefully they can stay around 500 until Paul George hopefully gets back healthy because they did not look good against mm-hmm. the Brooklyn Nets. And you know the Brooklyn Nets are shorthanded still. Thank goodness for, for them you have James Harden. But I saw something on social media last night, like, I don't know if you saw it, but it looks like Kyrie may may yes. make his debut January 5th or January 12th against Chicago, if I saw correctly. That yeah, would be something. What, and both those games like. are road games. Yeah, and those, that's what Nets. it looks like. And I... And I think he is, I think he did get the vaccine because, of course, you know, it's going to kick in here in Chicago that you have to be vaccinated or at the very least show a positive, uh, a negative, I should say, uh, COVID test in order to play. So we'll see what happens there. Now going into the schedule for the rest of this week, uh, tonight, uh, New York and Detroit, New York, that they've won a couple in a row. We'll see if they can keep it up against a pretty good Detroit team, Um, Charlotte and Indiana. Uh, the Clippers, you know, they still got a uh, soldier on without Paul, without Paul George. They uh, go start their East Coast road trip, their their circus road trip, I should say, playing Boston, who are still going to be without Tatum because of health mm-hmm. and safety protocols. Of course, you know, Hawks and Bulls. And the first game of the NBA TV doubleheader, this should be a good one. You've got the Lakers and the Grizzlies, you know, John Morant and LeBron James. That should be a mm-hmm. fun one. Of course, Lakers coming off that big win last night. I mean, Going off a of back-to-back, you know, it's going to be a little bit tough, but we'll see yeah. what they do. <laughs> yeah, key game for both teams. For Memphis, you eat out a tough uh, road win against mm-hmm. Phoenix on Monday, and the Lakers are coming off a of back-to-back, so what gives? The La- I'll tell you this, the Lakers team defense definitely will be tested tonight and mm-hmm. take secret revenge on Memphis because they, they went there a couple weeks ago and they got their heads handed to them. So this is a revenge game for the Lakers. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Uh, Miami and San Antonio. Miami. The rematch they, of 2014. <laughs> uh-huh, funny. Uh, Miami, <laughs> Miami, they've been on a roll lately. Yo, they're starting to kind of get guys back. So mm-hmm. we'll see what they do against San Antonio. OKC and Phoenix. I'm sure Phoenix will not be in a very good mood after losing to Memphis a couple of days ago. So we'll see how how they look how they look against uh, OKC. Utah and Portland on the second game of that NBA TV doubleheader. It will be Dallas and Sacramento. And that's your schedule for tonight. Now going to tomorrow, pre-New Year's Eve, we have the first game of the NBA TV doubleheader. We'll have the Philadelphia 76ers paying a visit to Brooklyn to take on the Nets. At 6 o'clock Chicago time, we'll have the Bucks and the Magic wrapping up their brief two-game series uh, in Orlando. At the same time, we had the Cavaliers and the Washington Wizards. The Cavaliers looks like they're not going to quit anytime soon, Lakina, as they mm-hmm. continue to be the surprise team in the NBA this year. And the second game of that NBA TV doubleheader tomorrow night will feature the rematch between the Warriors and the Nuggets, this time from Denver. Yeah, it's going to be, and you know, that, that's going to be very interesting. Also, too, you know, keep a lookout for uh, rookie Rubio's injury. Remember, if you saw, uh, they gave her a couple of nights ago against the, the Pacers, he, you know, went down with a knee injury and it was non contact. So, no word yet on how serious mm-hmm. that injury is. Because if he goes down, I mean, they're already out without Colin Sexton, and Cleveland's been able to kind of, you know, sort of, you know, they've kind of stayed afloat because I think they're right there in the number five seat right now. So if they lose Rubio, I mean, that's going to be a big loss for them. So we'll see what happens. Um, the Friday's matchup, New Year's Eve, you got Philly and Boston in an early, you know, New Year's Eve matchup. That's going to be at noon. Of course, the you know, Bulls and Pacers, as well as Dallas and San Antonio. That should be a fun one between those two. There's always is Miami and Houston and uh, Atlanta and Cleveland at 630. Those are your early games. In your late games for New Year's Eve night, we'll see San Antonio and Memphis at 7 o'clock Chicago time. The Knicks at the OKC Thunder at 7 o'clock. Minnesota at Utah at 8 p.m. The late game, which can be seen on NBA TV on New Year's night, will be Portland at the Lakers. That should be fun. That should be a lot of fun. On New Year's Day, the first day of 2022, you got New Orleans and Milwaukee. That's the, the first of the NBA TV doubleheader. San Antonio and Detroit at six. Chicago, of course, you know, facing the injury riddle Washington Wizards. Clippers without Paul George continue their what their East Coast trip, I should say their circus trip against Brooklyn, Denver, and Houston and Golden State at Utah. That's the second game of that NBA TV doubleheader. Hopefully, maybe Donovan Mitchell might be back by then. We'll have to wait and see him and Steph. You know, that would be a great match. I should be he'd be able to play on Saturday. And wrapping up the weekend schedule, January 2nd, that's on the Sunday. The Knicks and the Raptors will get it on from Canada at 2.30. The Magic and the Celtics at 5 o'clock. The first game on NBA TV on Sunday will be Indiana at Cleveland. That should be interesting. As we mentioned, the Cavaliers are one of the uh, best surprising teams in the league. At 6 o'clock, we'll have Phoenix at Charlotte. Mavericks at the Thunder at 6 o'clock. And then wrapping up uh, the action on Sunday night will be Minnesota at the Los Angeles Lakers. Of course, Minnesota last month went into now formerly known as Staples Center and whooped up on the Lakers. That was without LeBron James. LeBron James is still healthy Mm -hmm. and back now as like the Lakers will seek revenge. And also to to the remember they're they're without the two was the T was are without Carl Anthony Towns. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. Maybe they can Lakers can get their revenge on them. Those those are your NBA schedule for the rest of the year and into early 2022. You listen to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. Along with Sydney Brown, I'm Lakina McGee. 
Uh, let's go to the college gridiron for a second, <laughs> Sid. Uh, I mean, the bowl games, look, if you could just, we're at that point now where if you just play the, if they just play the bowl games, that's a win in of itself. I yes. know UCLA, <laughs> I know the holiday bowl, UCLA, you know, they couldn't because a lot of their defensive guys, you know, end up getting COVID or there is safety, safety protocol. So now they, now apparently NC State still trying to find an opponent, which will probably be hard to do in such short notice. Um, you know, a nice win for Minnesota over West Virginia in the, uh, the G-Ray Bowl last night. I actually watched a few, watched a little bit of that game, you know, the late game. So that was a lot of fun. But we're going to talk about, you know, we'll probably talk about the rest of the bowl games later if we have time. But we're going to talk about Friday's uh, playoff games between Michigan and Georgia and Cincinnati and Alabama. So what's your breakdown here, Sid? Uh, it's going to come down to Cincinnati pressuring quarterback Bryce Young. I know Cincinnati, uh, some people say they haven't played in the competitive conference. They do have a good team, which they do, but they're going against the big boys now. I want to see if they can pressure Bryce Young, keep him in the pocket, and force a couple of turnovers. They have to lean on their run game with Jerome Ford. He has over 1,200 yards for the year and 19 total touchdowns. But uh, in my opinion, Cincinnati is going to run the football with some consistency and put pressure on Bryce Young, create a couple of turnovers, especially early, uh, to give him a chance to, to stay in the game. On the flip side for Alabama in the wide receiver department, Jameson Williams will be the standout player for this mm -hmm. one. For the year, he has 68 catches for over 1,400 yards and 15 total touchdowns. I want to see how Cincinnati's secondary uh, can contain him. But my two keys for the game for Cincinnati, pressure Bryce Young, especially early, keep him in the pocket and force him uh, a couple early turnovers. And number two, you just have to run the ball. Keep the Alabama defense honest. Yeah, I think that's going to be the key. I think, they're gonna, I think you may see uh, more of um, Pierce uh, and Antonio Pierce, what, what did they, uh, Antonio Pierce for the, uh, for Cincy because he, Alec Pierce, I should say for Cincy, and he's was one of the top rushers in the American conference. So if I think if you're, they're going to, you're going to see them run the ball a little bit more to keep Alabama's offense, you know, Bryce Young, uh, you know, Bryce Young and them off the field. So, you know, I think that's going to be the key. And also to said the defense, I mean, you know, force Young to kind of, you know, you know, use, you know, use his legs a little bit more and force him to throw and not have to depend on his legs. I think that's going to be the key for me in this game. And look, I look, I'm not going to say Cincinnati, Cincinnati's going to pull off the upset, but I think they feel like no one's really talking about them. So mm -hmm. it's going to be very interesting to see what it entails there. Is this going to be a Jerry's role in the Cotton Bowl on for on uh, Friday? So make sure you guys check that out. That will force me on ESPN. And we'll talk a little bit more about that if we have time. But the second mm -hmm. um, semifinal, we're going to give that attention right quick, will be Michigan against Georgia. Where do you see this one? I think for Georgia, it's uh, going to come down to for them running the ball, football and setting up the play-action pass. Uh, look out for their uh, tight end, Brock Bowers. He has 47 catches for 791 yards and 11 touchdowns so far this year. Uh, like I said, Georgia, uh, they have to run the ball to set up the play-action pass. And number two, can their defense get back on track because uh, it got straight against Alabama in the SEC title game? I want to want to see how uh, their defense is, in particular, their secondary response. Because let's be honest, here, Michigan doesn't really have a uh, a deep passing game. They don't. They can run the football uh, with with Hassan Haskins, and we saw that in their game against Ohio State, and we and we saw it again in their Big Ten title game win over Iowa. Michigan is known to uh, dominate you up front, especially with their big offensive line. For Georgia on the defense, I talked about their secondary, but can their defensive line get pressure or McNamara and cause a couple of turnovers? 
Well, that's going to be the key, the defense versus Hassan Haskins. I mean, if you're Haskins and if you're Michigan, you probably want to run the ball as much as you can mm-hmm. down their throats and, you know, wear them out. So, and also to, you know, McNamara, I mean, look, he tends to make some mistakes from time to time, but, you know, if he can kind of use that and sort of try to make it a sort of, I know they, they lost one of their top five receivers, although Cornelius Johnson could be a guy, could be key there if they somehow slow down the running game. Now, as for the defense of Michigan, Aiden Hutchinson's leading the way there. Can they, you know, sort of, you know, put the put pressure on Stetson Bennett and just, you know, like you said, kind of, you know, keep him honest. I mean, this is going to be, this is probably going to be the best game out of, you know, the two semifinal games. I feel like this is going to be the Capital One Orange Bowl. This will be in Miami. So, and I know that with everything, I know there are COVID concerns with Georgia. I know that, you know, Georgia's one of the hot spots right now for COVID, but I know that the coaches have done a very good job. You know, Kirby Smart's done a great, a very good job of keeping everybody kind of at bay, keeping everyone honest. You know, they didn't even go, they didn't even go anywhere for Christmas. They just went straight to mm-hmm. Miami. So to kind of keep that, you know, sort of keep the spread, hopefully. And I know people are were upset that, oh, well, you know, they, you know, they're not it's such a sense you know the other three semifinal teams are mm-hmm. oh they're not letting us you know give us access look they're trying to save you guys okay so <laughs> so you know i would say the let's you know you know those COVID's going around you know bowl games are being canceled left and right we'll, we'll have to talk a little bit about that later but it's just you know come on chill guys stay tuned for more sports and more, more fun as second city sports continues as we celebrate our last hour of 2021 with christine manica with our week 13 picks coming up later on in the hour but first for you sports zone chicago uh listeners and viewers we have a, a sp- very special guest to introduce to you guys for those of you that uh been listening to our podcast she's a frequent guest but for those of you uh tuning in on sports on chicago we'll introduce our very special guest to you along with with lakina mcgee i am sydney brown you're listening to second city sports right here on sports zone chicago automotivemap.com presents the sports flash on the sports zone chicago Hall of Fame football coach and broadcasting icon John Madden has passed away at the age of 85. Madden was the head coach of the Oakland Raiders for 10 years. He led the franchise to a Super Bowl title following the 1976 season. He then moved into broadcasting where he covered 11 Super Bowls for all four major TV networks over 30 years. Bob Costas on the legacy that Madden leaves. He affected everything. The way games were produced, the way they were directed, and the way other broadcasters, play-by-play men and analysts both, prepared. It was not standard standard procedure until John came along to have a scheduled meeting with the head coach and with maybe the quarterback and several other key players the day before the game. It was sort of just catch as catch can. And John said no. For lightning fast sports updates, download the score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. Dance the sports flash on the sports zone, Chicago. You need to shop Kohl's right now. I mean, they have so many deals. I got 60% off holiday decor, so I'm set for next year. Fleece for under 20 bucks and 60% off bedding. Even better, I used the Kohl's cash I earned from my holiday shopping and got it all in less than an hour with free store pickup. Who's ready to ring in the savings? Select styles ends December 31st. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean. So 
a friend told me about Mr. Clean Magic Eraser, and his exact words were, it changed my life. I used to spend a ridiculous amount of time trying to remove tomato sauce from inside our microwave and soap scum off the bathtub. It's like seriously magic, and my secret weapon for cleaning the kitchen, bathroom, doors and walls, and even keeping my sneakers clean. Mr. Clean Magic Eraser. Greatest invention ever. Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean. Mr. Clean Magic Eraser, the unicorn of cleaning. Welcome back to this very special edition of Second City Sports right here on Sports Zone Chicago. This is our last show for 2021 in our last hour as, as we celebrate you guys into the new year. Along with Miss Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. Follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app. Make sure you follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms. And make sure if you if you have a question or comment for us uh, during our last hour of the show, you can go to Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. And Lakina will get them up and running for you. But if you decide to troll or do something stupid, Lakina will give you the beer lane beer boot. Bye-bye. <laughs> I love saying that. Uh, we have a treat for you guys, uh, uh, for you guys that's been supporting us on Sports on Chicago since uh, we, we started our live shows again back in August. Uh, and we'll give our thank yous and uh, uh, things along that line uh, uh, toward the end of the show. But we had uh, our, our very special guest who's about to join us now. We had her on uh, doing our uh, podcast days, especially last year uh, during the pandemic. Now she's joined us. For the first time since we have gone back to doing live shows, uh, she's a, a, a hometown girl, and most importantly, she's my future ex-wife. She's oh, the co-host of the House of Hockey <laughs> podcast, along with Breezy, and she's a hockey fanatic, and she's a very good friend of ours, the the, the lovely and very talented Miss Rachel Kopchick. Rachel, uh, welcome Yay. to our show. Welcome back to our show, rather. Thank you for having me, guys. I love it. I love the reaction. Keena is always like, I roll when you say I'm your future ex wife, <laughs> but I love it. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> Read this shirt, you know why. <laughs> oh, brother. So funny. Well, well thanks for having me, guys. I'm so glad to be here and chatting with you on this new platform. This is very exciting. Yes, uh, of course, uh, you, we're going to have you on for the entire hour. Of course, our good friend, Christine Manico, who we have on for uh, NFL Picks, she'll join us later on this hour. But uh, where can people find you on social media before we get into it? So the place I'm most active is, of course, Instagram. I don't know how to do the Twitter quite right, so I stick to what I know. And you can follow me at The Hockey Lady. And also the podcast I co-host is at... The House of Hockey podcast. You're not on TikTok, are you? No. Good, no, good, no. good. Because uh, those, those, that's uh, I tell people all the time. That's for the kids. They do stupid stuff, say stupid things, and we're grown folks around here. We can have our own fun, but leave that silly stuff to the kids. I'll, I'll <laughs> I do not there. have the time or the patience or the energy for any of that. Right. I just. <laughs> right. I know I create I like enough actual long form content for clients and for myself that the last thing I want to do is learn some dance on TikTok and then like try to record it and I, no <laughs> it's not for me it's not for me 
All right, let's get into it, Ray Ray. Um, the NHL returned with th- uh, to, to the ice last night with three games, but our Chicago Blackhawks will dive it, uh, deep more deep into them later. Uh, their next game is uh, Saturday at Nashville as of right now, but I've been worried about you. That's why we brought you on here today. Almost for, uh, of course, the NHL usually takes takes their Christmas break for for two or three days anyway. So people were, were freaking the you know what I was like, people do your research. They always take a break around yes. this time. Yes, yeah. they but, do. But anyway, but anyway, for almost a week and a half, we haven't uh, seen any hockey on on television or, or listening to it on uh, radio or or apps or things like that. How you been holding up until last night? I mean, not well. I've been. Wa- I think I've watched every single Christmas movie that's ever been done, including the ones on the Hallmark Channel. So I'm <laughs> very happy uh, to have some hockey back. Plus, the World Juniors tournament is going on as yes. well, and so that is very exciting to be watching. Um, and just you know, holding our breath that there isn't more delays in the season with COVID and pauses and. You know, we got a bunch of bad news for Christmas as hockey fans where, you know, the NHL players are not going to the Olympics, uh, games postponed every day. They're announcing more postponements of games. Uh, taxi squads are being reenacted again. There's just a lot happening. And, uh, you know, at least we've got the outdoor uh classic game coming on uh, new year's day so that's the winter classic rather so that's mm. exciting so something to look forward there even though it's not my black hawks it's still quite the fun spectacle what they do with the winter classic yeah tell people what the taxi squad is so i think most people who are even i think some folks who are nhl fans probably don't know what the heck it is so tell folks a little bit what the taxi squad is because it's sort of like similar to what the nba is doing you know with uh, with, um, you know, what, what was it said? Uh, uh, extra players and such. So it's yeah. kind of very similar to that. Yeah. They're basically just allowed to carry a group of extra guys. I think it's six up to six players. I think that they are allowed to have, um, like full access to that doesn't impede on the salary cap kind of situation is really what it is. Um, in case of, COVID and lots of players being sent to protocol and it, it just makes that sort of technical side of things easier is is really what it is you brought up earlier rachel uh, about the olympics i was really looking forward to it uh, for the for people who watch hockey casually in particular in the stanley cup playoffs is in my opinion the best playoffs uh um, atmosphere on the planet i'm not just saying that to blow smoke even though i'm a basketball guy first but Connor that's, McDavid- why, that's why we would get divorced <laughs> Don't start that again. Oh, Lord. Okay. <laughs> anyway, but uh, Brad Marchand of the Boston Brewers and yes. Connor McDavid uh, of the Edmonton Oilers came out in the last couple of days, uh, basically uh, uh, let their words fly out of their mouth, and rightfully so, calling the NHL hypocrites. So, of course, the NHL players are not playing the Olympics. Uh, we all we almost had the situation in the last go around four years ago in the Olympics. Uh, NHL players, uh, if they weren't allowed to go, maybe – we we would uh, worry about some of the big name stars uh, defected from their current NHL teams to go play in the Olympics. Anyway, that that element I still think is hanging out right now. So, what are your thoughts about uh, the NHL not participating in these Winter Olympics? Or do you think it'll be pushed back a year? 
Well, I really do think it's disappointing to to echo what Connor McDavid had said. You know, it just it sucks. It's you know, they everybody was looking forward to it. The league and the players association have worked really hard to come to terms to allow the NHL players to participate in the Olympics after several uh, years of Winter Olympics being missed by NHL players. And it's a little disappointing. But at the end of the day, the league is the most important thing. I mean, the league has been taken a hit since the COVID seasons financially. There's all this kind of stuff going on. So I understand um, the importance of needing the games to be played in the league and, and makeup games and all these things from COVID that have happened and to keep fans in the seats because so much of the league is dependent upon butts in seats, as they like to say. And it's not like, Major League Baseball or the NFL, where if there aren't people in the seats, it doesn't matter. They're making so much other money from television rights and all these other kinds of deals that the NHL just doesn't have. So I understand the league's decision, but also the player's safety and sending everybody over like this. This variant is crazy uh, contagious. And the players, we don't want our players or anybody getting seriously sick, let alone being stuck in a foreign country and having not all of the things that you would normally want to, to care for you if something were to happen. But I understand the frustration. I'm not totally sure I understand. Uh, it was Brad Marchand who sent that message out. I read his message like four different times. Yes. And I was like, I... I admit, I don't understand. I, I don't understand. <laughs> I know there's escrow and I know that the players um, are supporting the league and, and all of those kinds of things. I understand that bit of it, but I wasn't entirely sure what the issue was there. So I can't comment on that. So if any of you could explain it to me, please uh, send me like an essay on it because what he wrote <laughs> did not make any sense to me. I, I really like, I read it and I was like, Okay, I'm going to read this real slow, like I'm taking the SATs again and reading comprehension, and I'm going to figure this out. And I couldn't figure out what he was trying to say. But I mean, he's trying to do it in small amount of characters, I guess. So, you know, that's not to shade Brad Marchand. Um, I'm sure whatever he's trying to say is valid. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where we're at. But it's also an exciting time for players who wouldn't have the opportunity to participate in the Olympics to be on the world's like biggest stage. So because of the uh, NHL players not being allowed to go, the AHL, which is a minor league in, in hockey, those players are actually allowed to go and participate as well as some of the European teams and one other league that is just escaping me right now. But uh, it'll be interesting to see some of these other stars that we wouldn't otherwise care about or know about that are in these other leagues come up and, and see what they can do. Well, looking at some of the uh, the U.S. and the World Juniors, they had to uh, forfeit their last game was because of COVID and because of quarantine. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm wondering that uh, the rest of the season, I mean, you know, maybe once it gets warmer, things won't be as bad. But also to Canada, they've already had to, <clears throat> excuse me, cut, um, you know, they're not even playing in Canada right now. All the Canadian teams have to play here in the States. You know, what, what, do you, what do you think? Because how do you think it's going to 
how do you think your teams are going to react, especially the Canadian teams? I mean, you know, they probably have to basically stay here because you know, they're not allowed to play in Canada right now. And even when they do, I'm sure the the, spe- you know, the spectators will be cut, you know, 50%. You know, they were already doing that before they shut everything down. So how, how do you, how do you, uh, how do you think the teams are going to, you know, with especially the Canadian teams with all this stuff going on and, you know, not told that they're not able to go back to their country, you know, the team and rest and such, you know, what, what do you think? What, what's your, what's your thoughts on this? Gosh, I mean, the whole thing is just uncharted territory for everybody involved. I I don't really think I have the solution. (laughs) I don't, (laughs) I don't think I can advise them on, on what to do. I just know the importance for all of the the world juniors, which is the IAHF, um, you know, the NHL, all of these organizations, the importance of continuing to play from a financial perspective is really important. And I and I get that. But there's also a line of when do we start caring more about our players and the fans if things start to get too much? But I think it's a, it's a hard decision. Like, how do you, Mm -hmm. how do you decide, okay, now no fans are allowed, but then you've already got all these fans who've traveled to this country and they want to see their kids play or their friends or whatever it is. Like, for example, in the world juniors tournament, I mean, they're at 50% capacity um, at that tournament and the players all had to enter, uh, you know, a quarantine and, and things like that. There were preventative measures put in place and, but still like we're seeing, breakthrough cases and and all kinds of things like that. But I think everybody's just trying to do their best. And, you know, you don't want to see anybody stuck in another country. You want you don't want to see anybody really ill. And I think everybody's really just trying to do the best that they can. Friend of the show, Chicago's very own Rachel Kopchak, co-host of the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network, Network is joining us here on Second City Sports on this very special edition, pre-New Year's Eve edition, real live in the living color, along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. Ray, uh, I enjoy your your podcast with your co-host Breezy. I was listening Thank to a you. few episodes yesterday to catch up. Uh, <laughs> we want our listeners to uh, to catch it. It is very good. But you had on one very interesting guest a couple of weeks ago, Miss Vermont, get into, uh, get into coaching. Uh, tell us just a little bit about that. I know. Right. It was like, <laughs> why are we, I sent this to breezy. I'm like, breezy, we got to interview Miss Vermont USA, like, uh, crickets. What we're a hockey podcast. What the hell does she have to do with hockey? Well, she's actually a hockey coach and a yep. hockey player. She yep. played through uh, her high school and college years. She played at the collegiate level very competitively. As we know, for women's hockey, there really aren't very many options beyond college to to pursue on a professional like main scale. There's you know a lot going on on that side of the sport that I won't get into, but it, it'll set me off because <laughs> but anyway, I digress. <laughs> She's incredible. Um, mm-hmm. Joanna, she uh, won Miss Vermont USA 2021. And then that meant she got to compete on the national stage. And she is a huge advocate of hockey just in general. And she really used, as corny as it may sound, she used her platform, not just to promote world peace, but to promote hockey mm-hmm. and inclusivity for all. Mm-hmm. And she's a really great coach. And she had a lot to say about 
helping grow the women's side of, of hockey and how to get women into positions of coaching. And, you know, we've seen a lot more female referees in the minor leagues of, of the NHL system. That's new this year, but we haven't seen, you know, a woman behind the bench and it's going to be a while. And her basic answer to that, like, how do we fix that? How do we bring more women into leadership roles in, in hockey and things like that is she was like, we need our allies, which are men. So men are not really the problem unless they're not taking the hand of a woman and bringing her up and saying, I want to mentor you and I want to show you how to become a head coach or how to do X, Y, Z that you're trying to pursue. So it's, it's about working together to, to make that happen. And she's incredible. I mean, gorgeous, drop dead, gorgeous, smart. We even threw some some questions at her at the end to prepare her because we talked to her right before <laughs> to prepare her. Like Breezy and I are going to prepare her for the uh, the world <laughs> stage of the US, Miss USA competition. But you know, we had a little fun with her throwing some hard hitting questions at her like they do mm. during the competition. And uh, you know, she went on stage too for they do I guess like a costume portion of the pageant that's not televised, and she dressed up in full hockey gear, pads, stick, skate and walked a stage and uh really did a lot for the for the sport and uh we're big fans of uh joanna yeah joanna nagel that's her name you know and, and i and i saw her story on social media and i thought wow this is a really you know fascinating you know young lady and hopefully you know she can help you know, kind of bring attention to you know more women's hockey because like you said i mean they, there's not a lot of in the professional side, at least not here in the States. I know back over in Europe, I know there are a lot more opportunities, but again, that's a whole nother, another conversation. Um, you know, let's talk, let's go on the ice for a second. Uh, who what we've seen, you know, who, which team has impressed you so far in this young NHL season? <laughs> well, it's been, I think pretty typical of how it used to be when we had the full season before all these weird COVID seasons where, you know, some teams come out real hot out of the gate and you're like, Oh, they're going to take it. They're going to go, but it's a long season. And the tables have flipped, flipped around a little bit here before we mm -hmm. had our, our Christmas break and some teams that have been really making their way back up right now are uh, the Anaheim ducks, which people are like, wait, what? Um, <laughs> and can they hold on to that? Can they carry that through to be determined? Um, Zegris is on there. He was uh, playing in the World Junior Championship this time last year, I believe. He is freaking incredible. He's also absolutely just a hilarious kind of surfer dude guy mm -hmm. with a lighthearted sense of humor. Um, if you follow the ducks on social media, you can see some, some fun moments with him, mm -hmm. but that's, that's exciting to see where that could go. The Vegas golden Knights have rebounded from a really tough start to their season as well. And then the Pittsburgh penguins, could make a, a nice return to closer to the top of the division there if they get some of their key players back who have been injured. And there's some other exciting things with the Penguins. Sidney Crosby is, let me see, I wrote this down because I didn't want to forget there was too many stats. He needs 10 more goals to reach 500 for his NHL career. So that could be exciting to see uh, come, you know, in the next couple of weeks, we could see that happen for him. 
Unfortunately, our Chicago Blackhawks are <laughs> having a really hard time right now. Uh, well, they've been playing better as of late, though. They're playing better. They're they're playing probably better got Colleton out of get. there. Yeah, better. I was I was very happy to see Colleton go. I do think with everything that went down uh, with the upper management from the lawsuit, I do think a, a coaching shift and just everything needed to, to change. And it did bring in some fresh energy to, to the, to the guys. And I do like seeing how well Debrinket is playing with Kane and he's really hit his stride there, I think. And uh, you know, I, we're not going to, we're not going to make the playoffs, but as long as we continue to play a little bit better and I just try to enjoy Kane and Taze on the ice because I don't think it will be much longer that they'll be wearing the Blackhawks uniform. So that's, that's what I got with that. I mean, we obviously can talk about the lightning and the Panthers uh, and the Maple Leafs. They're all leading the way. The Detroit Red Wings are not to be discounted. Yes. I know. Shocking as well as, <laughs> Oh, this, not the dead wings. <laughs> I, I know everybody. Detroit sucks. Detroit sucks. This is a Chicago podcast. I know. Um, but they have had a pretty stellar start to the season. They're a team to keep an eye on. Maybe not, you know, make, they might be wild card contenders this year, but there's a team to keep an eye on in, in the future. Uh, in the Metropolitan, we've got the Carolina Hurricanes leading the way with the Capitals and the Rangers, who have mm -hmm. had a phenomenal start to the season and are a fun team to watch. They made a lot of changes in the uh, in the offseason bringing in some muscle with Ryan Reeves and really figuring out their, their flow. They've got a new coaching staff as well. So those are all good things over in the central where we play the Chicago Blackhawks, the Minnesota wild have been leading the central division for weeks yes. and nobody, nobody talks about them. Nobody does features on them. Nobody talks about them. <laughs> and it's like, Hello. I mean, they're playing so well. And just because they don't have a lot of those big names and for whatever reason, NHL hockey, obviously in Minnesota is not nearly as popular as the collegiate level of, of hockey right. there. And so mm -hmm. many people there actually play hockey that they aren't like trying to rush and go watch the NHL games from mm -hmm. what I've talked to from people who, who live in Minnesota and play. So that's exciting. The Predators are in second, followed by the Blues and the Avs. You can't count out the Avs as much as I disagree with the prediction at the beginning of the season that the Avs would, are predicted to be the winners of the Stanley Cup this year. I they don't think come playoff time every year, unfortunately. Yeah, right. that's, that's not going to happen with the Avs this year. Uh, but that's a fun division to keep an eye on. And then, of course, like I said, in the Pacific, the Golden Knights and the Ducks are tied for first, which is crazy. And the Calgary Flames are also playing really, really well. Unfortunately, this oh, cut me off at any point. I'll just go through every single team. If we're, if you're done. So this yeah, team, we, you know we let you go, Rachel. No, you gotta, you gotta bring me in here. The last team I will mention is the Seattle Kraken, the brand oh, new team them. of the uh, new franchise in the league. They are not doing well. They are in the bottom of the Pacific. They have not come out of the gates like the Golden Knights did when they entered the league. Again, that was a one-off. That was magic, chemistry, Vegas luck, if you will, that had sent them 
to that great place to go to the Stanley Cup final in their inaugural season, which is just unheard of. And uh, Golden Knights fans are very lucky to have had that experience. But I think the Kraken fan base still care and are, are, are supportive of the team. But we'll we'll see what happens there. And there's your hockey talk for today on Second City Sports. <laughs> uh, we're joined by a good friend, Chicago's very own Miss uh, Rachel Kopchek, co-host of the House of Hockey podcast, right here on the special New Year's e- pre-Eve edition of Second City Sports, live in the 11 color, right here on Sports on Chicago. Celia Kina here with you. Ray, you um, you brought up the Seattle crack. I want to transition over to the hockey coverage. Of course, this is the first year of of of, of, of I forgot how many years for uh, NHL on ESPN and in Turner Sports. I bring up the Seattle Kraken because their home opener was switched to ESPN Plus. Not many people got a right. chance to see it. I was one I was of the so, fortunate. Uh, I was of, so well, angry. I was, I was yeah, so I was, angry I, about I, that because I, yeah, I, I, I wanted to see that. I really yeah, wanted to see uh, that. <laughs> I, I got, luckily, I got a chance to peep in on it, but uh, a whole lot of a whole lot of people couldn't see, especially in Seattle. I know uh, they were playing Vancouver, so it was uh, it was in, uh, live in Canada on Hockey Night in Canada. Of course, our Blackhawks had a couple of games switched over to ESPN Plus. What do you think about the coverage uh, on ESPN and Turner so far this year? I am obsessed with the TNT broadcast team. Obsessed. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is the funniest, best coverage of hockey that we have needed for so long as hockey fans with Biz, who, if you don't know, is on Spit and Chicklets podcast, which is like the hockey Mm. podcast. And he's absolutely hilarious and brings the levity and the humor and isn't afraid to make fun of himself and screw shit up all. Sorry, stuff up all the time. I'm not allowed to swear anymore. I'm sorry. He (laughs) screws stuff up all the time. See, I'm just channeling my inner Biz. Sorry, everybody. Yes. Um, But that and then. They've had Gretzky on the panel and a bunch of other like legendary. Oh, um, Henrik Lundqvist has been on there. I mean, just the fun and banter and things that they are doing is what we need to bridge the gap between the generations of hockey fans. So I'm, I'm very happy with that. You know, there's still a lot of familiar voices being broadcast as far as across the ESPN and TNT and TBS and all of that. So people calling the games, there's a lot of familiar voices and legendary guys who've been doing this for a really long time. So I'm really happy with it. Yes, it's. I I wish there was like a place that I could go that would tell me where to watch all the games instead of having to like check every Mm -hmm. app and like even the ESPN app, they just, all of it just says ESPN plus because they're not going to want to promote TNT and TBS. And I'm like, I just need to know what game is on tonight and if I can watch it, you know, but uh, I'm sure there's something out there and you all are just screaming at me listening, going, how does she not know about such and such or whatever it is. But um, I, I just, you know, I do what I can. I watch as many games as possible. Not always the Blackhawks, obviously this year is pretty challenging anyway. So to keep my blood pressure down, I try not to watch all of those games right now. <laughs> but I do catch them, you know, pretty often. Well, yeah, well, look, we'll, we'll let you slide with the biz talk because, you know, that that's what he does. I think I know he's uh, slipped us, lets him a swear word or two. So it's, it's sorry, um, guys. Sorry. I hope you don't get fined by the FCC. Do they even do that anymore? Is that what no, the phone no, was no, ringing, we, no, uh, no, Kina? No, 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 no
No, yeah, no, we're no, good. Yeah, no, we're good. Yeah, that was like giving a thumbs up. Like, oh, it's okay. She lets him work him. It's fine. But uh, yeah, know. but uh, you know, one uh, last question for me on the on the hockey front. You know, Alex Ovechkin. I mean, he's you know near the top. You know, you know three or four. I think it's like the top ten. Some of the uh, the others. Now there are rumors that he might retire at after this season. So, oh know, no, Ovechkin. Yeah, well, that well, that's the rumor, I mean, though, like the last couple of years, I think, you know, you know, maybe the next two years, I think, I know, you know, he just had another kid and, you know, everything else, but he's still playing at a very high level. So do you think he has a chance of winning the Hart Trophy, which is, you know, for MVP for the NHL, for those who are wondering? <laughs> um, I don't think he'll win the Hart Trophy. Um, I think that will probably either go to Connor McDavid David or Leon Dreisaitl probably, but... Ovechkin is not retiring. I can tell you this much. That man will play until he breaks the <laughs> NHL goals record yes. held yes. by Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> yes. He's not retiring. He's got plenty of juice left. I mean, he just, if you watch him play, he just stands straight up a good yes. 60% of the time until the puck is sent to him and then he gets into position. He's learned how to maintain his energy and all of that. I mean, the guy is unbelievable. He's only 15 goals away from moving past Yaramir Yager um, yes. into the third all-time NHL goals scored. So, I mean, he could, uh, well, I don't know. I don't think he could break Gordie Howe, who's got 801. Ovechkin has 752 right now. So I think he, he needs at least a couple more seasons and um, he can do it. If he stays healthy like he is, he's good. He's not retiring. <laughs> well, you know Are you kidding? Well, you know how social like, media is like two years, like, like maybe two years from now, he's going to retire. You know, you know how social media is. You know, someone started on I mean, he's, he's at the end of the year, but yeah. No, he's going to play as long as he can. And I wouldn't be surprised if he wanted to try to surpass Gretzky by like a significant amount of goals um, just so that he could, you know, have it. I mean, the guy loves competition. Definitely. All right, uh, Rachel, come check out the House of Hockey podcast. Stay right there because we have to take our break because we're, when we come back, it will be the last half hour of the show, last half hour for us for the year 2021. We'll be joined by our good friend Christine Manka as she gives us her Week 17 NFL picks, and we'll have a whole lot more fun, talk about a whole lot of stuff. You know how we do, do it around here. This is a special edition of Second City Sports, live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. We'll be right back. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Hall of Fame football coach and broadcasting icon John Madden has passed away at the age of 85. Madden was the head coach of the Oakland Raiders for 10 years. He led the franchise to a Super Bowl title following the 1976 season. He then moved into broadcasting where he covered 11 Super Bowls for all four major TV networks over 30 years. Bob Costas on the legacy that Madden leaves. He affected everything. The way games were produced, the way they were directed, and the way other broadcasters, play-by-play men and analysts both, prepared. It was not standard procedure until John came along to have a scheduled meeting with the head coach and with maybe the quarterback and several other key players the day before the game. It was sort of just catch as catch can. And John said no. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on Sports Zone Chicago. 
You need to shop Kohl's right now. I mean, they have so many deals. I got 60% off holiday decor, so I'm set for next year. Fleece for under 20 bucks and 60% off bedding. Even better, I used the Kohl's cash I earned from my holiday shopping and got it all in less than an hour with free store pickup. Who's ready to ring in the savings? Select styles ends December 31st. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. told me about Mr. Clean Magic Eraser and his exact words were, it changed my life. I used to spend a ridiculous amount of time trying to remove tomato sauce from inside our microwave and soap scum off the bathtub. It's like seriously magic and my secret weapon for cleaning the kitchen, bathroom, doors and walls and even keeping my sneakers clean. Mr. Clean Magic Eraser, greatest invention ever. Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean. Mr. Clean Magic Eraser, the unicorn of cleaning. Welcome back to our last segment of the show for today and our last segment for the year 2021 as you're listening to Second City Sports on the pre-New Year's Eve edition live in the Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you. We're joined by also the House of Hockey podcast and now we're joined by another hometown favorite. She's our pick'em guru for pro football as she joins us to do her, her re 17 NFL picks. Our homegirl Christine, the queen, Manica from KXRB Radio. Christine, good day to you. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I, I want to call myself the guru because what was it? A few weeks ago, it was bad. <laughs> like, my picks were bad. <laughs> well, you had, well, look, you've had a nice little bounce back. Oh, uh, Rachel, this is Christine. Christine, this is Rachel. Nice to meet you. Yeah, we want to kind of, you know, and she's a big hockey, uh, big hockey. She hosts her own popular hockey podcast, Christine. So, you know, if you ever need like a hockey, you know, you know anything hockey, you know, Rachel is your girl. So we want to get a chance to, for you guys to meet before we get into some business here with the NFL picks. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, nice to meet you. You too. Yeah, I was going to go to Blackhawk game. When I was back home, it uh, didn't happen. Thanks, COVID. <laughs> so yeah, right? I, was, I was a little upset about that. I know. It's tough everywhere with all the pro sports, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, it, it really is. It, it's it's a, getting a lot of, you know, I, I mean, what are you going to do at this point? I think people are just finally learning to adapt to everything COVID and whatnot. So let's just hope this kind of flows over again. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. All right, absolutely. Now, Sid, you're still leading our uh, our little pickle <laughs> here. Uh, you know, uh, you had uh, 12. Uh, Chrissy, you actually had your a, a pretty good week, too. You had 11, and uh, I had 11, too. But you're still ahead of me, Christine, and Sid's still at the top. So, you know, as always. <laughs> oh, All right. Before, oh, yeah. here comes the hate, Rachel. <laughs> All right. Well, well, Rachel, till you move, you can you can chime. I know I don't know how much NFL you watch outside the NHL, uh, Rachel, but you, you can chime in here too. I watch so. this much NFL. So oh, whoa. I, <laughs> what? I don't know what that is. I, I, I don't watch any football, you guys. So oh, I don't know okay. how much I can add to this conversation other than Aaron Rodgers. Something is happening to his face, and he looks. <laughs> I don't know what is happening, but he's like aging way faster than Tom Brady ever has. And I, I he's freaking me out. But that's all I got for you. <laughs> oh, perfect segue to the picks, Lakina. <laughs> I, I know, right? 
it's, oh, well, look, hey, look, 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 keep that up. Be yourself, Rachel. That's what that's all we ask for. Oh, good. <laughs> With this. I'll just keep um, talking about what NFL players look like because that's yeah, all I can see, go offer. With <laughs> go with that. Go with that. See, look, go. That's your ditch. Go with the NFL. Go with that. Um, first up, we got the NFC East. You got the Eagles and Washington. Uh, Eagles are eight and seven. They're right at the edge of the uh, playoff. Uh, the seventh seed of the playoffs in the NFC. They got all types of playoff scenarios. I'm not going to go through all of them because you know you need like basically a, a, a cheat sheet or something. Yes. But basically, <laughs> they got to keep winning to uh, to get into the playoffs. Sid, you start this one. Uh, what's the first game you say? Eagles and Giants? No, Washington. What? Washington, sorry, sorry. <laughs> All right, Christine, sell down. Anyway, because I'm trying to get my cheat sheet together. Um, Philadelphia, impressive win against those bad, ugly-ass New York Giants uh, team last week. And, of course, Washington, they got their butts handed to them by Dallas. Uh, I think Philadelphia has enough to keep up again, so I'm going with the Eagles. Boy, you know, is there a mercy rule in football? I forgot if they had one or not because that was, uh, you know, I feel so bad for the Washington football team just because they have been kind of on a riding a high for a little bit. And that game against Dallas just kind of knocked them down God knows how many pegs. So I feel bad, but I don't think they're going to have it in them to beat the Eagles, especially when they do have that playoff chance in their back pocket, so to speak. So I'm going to go with Philadelphia for this one. Philadelphia is favored by two and a half on the road. Oh, the Vegas knows something. They Rachel, you got anything to say about this one? <laughs> I could never pick the Eagles just because. <laughs> I, I know some <laughs> that I'm no longer friends with, so I would never be able to choose them in my right mind. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, on that note, I'll pick the Eagles. I'm picking the Eagles just because I think they have a better shot at games in the playoffs here. <laughs> I got to think with my head. Uh, a pretty good one here, I, I guess. You know, uh, Rave, the, the Ravens, as they host the Rams, they try to kind of keep themselves afloat. It looks like Lamar Jackson has been limited at practice. Um, you know, Aaron Donald's going to be coming after, you know, you know either him or Tyler Huntley. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I'm going to pick the Rams as the Ravens free fall, free, free fall, I should say, continues. I know that the Rams clinched a playoff spot last week but against Minnesota, but – I don't think it's going to matter who's playing quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. The Rams are good on the road. It's another early game, a West Coast team traveling to the East Coast. I don't think that's going to matter. Uh, it's going to be the Rams for this one. Seating is still on the line for them. Yep. Yeah, again, short and sweet. Got to go with the Rams. They're having a great season this year. Um, no matter who's that quarterback, like you said, Sid, it's not going to matter. Matthew Stafford, he's been known to – went against really bad teams and really struggling teams. So mm -hmm. it's got to be with the Rams. The Rams are favored by two and a half. That's it? Wow. That's wow. Vegas, I guess Vegas knows something. Uh, Rachel, you got anything to add? I like their colors. That's what my grandma said. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have a fun, quick story. It was the one time that the Rams were playing Dallas for Thanksgiving. And we were watching the screen and she's like, I like the color combinations. I'm like, what did you just say, Frida? Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? And she was talking about the Rams. So, yeah. yeah. You could just call me Frida from now on, uh, Christine. That'll be just <laughs> Listen, I'm going to pick these teams like I pick the ponies when I go to the racetrack. I just there pick it by color or name or just whatever the hell I feel like, you know? <laughs> yeah, you have to go to another racetrack, um, Rachel, because, you know, the Bears going to take over Arlington. Well, that's oh, don't start with – I don't want to hear about no. that. <laughs> 
Someone's <laughs> got the apple card, okay? I'm in a good mood today. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, bye, we'll, man. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the Bears in a little bit here, unfortunately. Um, Bucks and Jets, uh, keep it short and sweet, folks. Sid, you start. Tampa Bay is favored by 11. Looks like head coach Bruce Arians for the Buccaneers will miss this game because he's in health and safety protocols, but... I'm going with the Buccaneers. You saw what they did at Carolina, what they did to the Panthers at Carolina last week. I expect them to do that to the again to the Jets this time in the Big Apple. I'm going with the Bucks. (laughs) Yep, Uh, it's yeah, no contest. Got to go with the Bucks. I will say this, Antonio Brown, what a sassy guy. I don't know if you heard about. uh, I mean, I always knew that, but I don't know if you watched that interview when um, I forget her name. I think it was Jessica Lane. I think uh, that was Jenna, 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 uh, Jenna Lay for ESPN. Yeah, yeah. she Tell asked, her, hey, like, how does it feel to have your head coach standing by your side? And he just like shoved it off right away. I'm like, all right, like, that's actually a really good question. She wasn't asking specifically what happened. She just wanted to, you know, say, hey, how does it feel to have even the head coach standing by you? And I'm happy that the other reporters backed her up on that question because I'm like, oh, my God, like. What do you expect when you get in an interview, you know, in that situation? So, yeah, anyway, that's that. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I'm picking the Jets because I'm in love with Zach Wilson after what he did on Christmas. He's, I saw that. Yes, me He's too. so cute, too. Where has he been hiding? Oh, he's been hiding on the New York Jets. That's where he's been hiding. <laughs> so, um, I adore him. And he did, like, the sweetest thing for this woman who was working at a diner. If you haven't yes. seen it on social, yeah. just look it up. It's on the Jets feed. Oh. And, I mean, yeah, we're going with, we're going there. <laughs> <laughs> Says Frida. Says Frida. Oh, says Frida. And we and we and Rayway says she can't pick football games. Nonsense. See, yeah. <laughs> See there you go. Where you find money, right? There's. I'm not putting real money on the line, right? Yeah. Nobody at home is betting real money, right? No. Yeah. Totally, yeah we don't know fun. nothing about that. Yeah, it's all for fun. It's all for fun. That's what we're doing here for fun. Uh, we're gonna. This should be a fun one here. Speaking of, you got the Dolphins and the Titans. Christine, you start this one. You know, this is the one that I circled because Miami has had, what, a seven-win game streak now, and, you know, they weren't doing so great at the beginning. They're riding this Locked high in a row. now. Um, they do not favor well in colder weather, and I think I saw that it's going to be at least under 50 degrees in Tennessee by the time that kickoff happens. So, I don't know. It's going to be a close one. I think just because it's the home field, I'm going with – Tennessee, even though I wouldn't be surprised if Miami pulls out the win. I'm going with Tennessee as well. They're favored by three and a half. I saw what the Dolphins did to a rookie quarterback, Ian Brooke. Uh, 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 Notre Dame guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we saw what happened on Monday night. Yeah. I, know the, I know the Titans are a sketchy team offensively. Uh, Lakina, I think you'll be proud. This will be pre-1980s football. It's going to be an <laughs> ugly close game, 17-16, 13-10, something like that. And watch both those teams will score over 30 points. But yeah. with that being said, I'm going with the Titans. Yeah, we might look. It might be like the more the thirties because I feel like yeah, the Dolphins. I know they're traveling. It's you know the short week. I know I think they're staying up north. I believe so that way they don't have to go all the way back down to Miami. They're gonna go straight to uh, Nashville. But yeah, it should, it should. I think I think the Miami will keep it close for a while. But I think the Titans still got a lot to play for. 
They have an outside shot at the number one seed in the AFC, so I'm picking the Titans. Rachel, you got anything to add here? Hmm. Who's the quarterback of the Dolphins these days? Tua, I think. Yeah, yeah. Tua Tungvaloa from Alabama. <laughs> oh, cute guy with the long hair. That looks no. – he's got long blonde hair, right? No. No, that's Trevor that's, Lawrence. That's, that's from Trevor Jacksonville. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the uh, – yeah. That one. I like – I want that team. Oh well, you know what? Well, you know what? On that note, though, they actually do. They actually are up next. You know, they, the Jaguars actually do play the Patriots, um, in New England. So I'm, yeah. So I'm gonna pick New England. I feel like you know they still got a shot. The Jags, you know, James Robinson's done for the year. I don't know what to. I, like, Trevor Lawrence, you know, they they might. Unfortunately, they might make a, a mince meat out of your guy here, at Rachel. So I'm picking the Patriots in the blowouts. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'll keep mine short and sweet, Patriots. It, yeah, that's just it. Yeah, as I said on our show last Wednesday, uh, Buffalo's going to tear that butt up in New England. They did just that. New England, uh, as Lakina said, they're, they are in the foul mood. They're going to take it out on Jacksonville. Sorry, Rachel. So, Trevor Lawrence, meet the Patriots defense. So, I'm going with New England. Saying <laughs> hello. <laughs> uh all right. Uh, should be an intriguing one here in the AFC. You got the Las Vegas Raiders and the Indianapolis Colts. Sid, you start this one for us. Uh, the ooh, my cheat sheet decides to go blank. Uh, oh, Indianapolis is favored by seven and a half. Okay, so Indianapolis yes. has won eight out of their last ten games. Of course, the Raiders beat a bad Broncos team at home last week. The Raiders still have a slight outside chance of making it to the playoffs because they're a hot team and they're at home. I'm going with the Colts. Christine, to your liking of the quarterback with his bad ankles and all, they're going to run that ball with Jonathan Taylor going up and down that uh, Lucas Oil uh, Stadium field. So I'm going with the Colts. See, I would have said the Colts, and I don't know what Vegas is talking about because now that Wentz is on the COVID-19 list, you have mm. just amount of, of other players that are on the COVID-19 list too for the Colts. I don't think they're going to do what we originally thought that they were going to do with the Raiders. Um, they both, you know, they, they're both great teams. This is another one that I circled just because it could go either way. It will be close, but I think just because the Raiders have a stronger team when, in regards to players that aren't on the COVID list, I'm going with the Raiders. Hmm. Which wouldn't surprise me. I feel yeah. like, yeah, there's a, there is an outside shot. I know they're you know, they're traveling cross country again, having to play a noon game Central Time. But I think the you old know, Jonathan Taylor will probably be the guy. He might rush for like maybe 150 or something. It's gonna be close, but I think the Colts pull away late. You guys did add say, go Colts. All right. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Easy Yes, yeah, you, you can't do. You who says you don't know? No, you don't know football, Rachel. Come on now, you know a little something. Should be another good I one. Know a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, in the AFC, another good one here. You got the Chiefs and the Bengals. Uh, look, it looks like the Chiefs are starting to come back from protocol. I saw a tweet from Andy Reid saying Andy Reid saying that um it looks like everyone's gonna be all cleared. You know, the Bengals, come on now, you guys want to be with the big boys. You know, I could put the Bengals, but now I'm gonna pick the Chiefs. It, it pains me, but I'm gonna pick the Chiefs, and they'll probably end up with the number one seed in the AFC again. Yay. I'm going with the Chiefs as well. They're favored by four as a road favorite. All right. This is what I'm saying. This could be a good preview for the AFC championship. Really, it could. Hmm. And if the Bengals win this, 
with the title, they'll also get their first playoff spot since 2015. And you know me, I've been rooting for the Bengals this entire season just because they came out of nowhere. I think Joe Burrow is starting to look like the big franchise quarterback for this team. So with that being said, I'm going to stick to my color of orange and keep on saying, let's go Bengals. <laughs> you got anything to say, Rachel? Yes, I'm shocked to hear that the Bengals are anywhere even good. So, so that's how out of it I am. It's like they are. <laughs> um, I believe it. And and I do know Joe Burrow, not personally, obviously, but uh, I, I'll go with Bengals. I, I think, uh, yeah, go there. Okay. Go Ohio. There we All go. Right. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Okay. Uh, Falcons and Bills here. Uh, yeah, I would pick the Bills. The Fal- it's going to be cold. Um, yeah, I'm gonna pick the Bills. The Bills still have a shot at you know trying to get that one seed, you know, maybe. Uh, and I think they want to kind of keep it up to get that number two seed at the very least. You know, there is no buy anymore, but I'm gonna pick the Bills. I think Josh Allen's gonna have a big game, and you know, they might score. I don't want to say they might score 30 or 35 in Atlanta, they might, but I, yeah, I'm picking the, the Bills, keeping it short and sweet. Yeah, this is the time of year it gets cold in Buffalo. I don't know if it's going to be any snow or not, but it doesn't matter. Atlanta is terrible. Buffalo, they had a big win last week at New England. This could be a letdown, but I don't see it. I'm going with the Bills, and they're looking for that AFC East Division title. Ah, oh, the heck with it. I'm picking Atlanta. I'm kidding. I'm picking the Bills. <laughs> <laughs> Watch Atlanta win just because you said that. I know. Yeah, honestly, I know, right? you put that out there. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel? I'm going with the Bills because I support all Buffalo sports fans. Uh, their hockey team has been in shambles for years, and yeah. um, I just feel for the fans there. So if the Bills can win and bring some joy to the great people of Buffalo, I'm here for them. All right. Uh, <laughs> Texans, in the first of the 3 o'clock games, you got Texans and 49ers. It looks like Trey Lance might get the start because – uh, Jimmy G has a fracture in his thumb, so it looks like we may get the uh, we may get Trey Lance to start for the 49ers. I know the Texans are coming off that upset, but I think the 49ers they still you know they still have an outside shot again into the playoffs. I think that I think Trey Lance will start that ball rolling, so I'm gonna pick the 49ers. I'm taking the 49ers as well. Trey Lance, yay! Even though San Francisco has been playing well the last few weeks, their defense is strong. Their running game is strong. I know San Francisco is a home favorite. They're a 15-point favorite. I'm not sure if they're going to win by that much, but we picked hashtag straight-up winners on the show, so I'm going with the 49ers. Yeah, 49er, 49ers too. Um, gosh, that injury that Jimmy G has sounds uh, nasty. <laughs> Whatever it's going on. Rachel? I'm going with the 49ers because Jimmy G will be my hu- second husband after I divorce Sid. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh, Jimmy, what if I told you to? Jimmy G is just, yeah. oh, my gosh. It's the smile. He's got, like, a he twinkle in his eye. Oh, he is very oh, handsome. Oh, I don't know what. <laughs> yeah, he is a very handsome man. Uh, okay. uh, what do we go for? Oh, okay. Uh, the AFC West, you got the Broncos and the Chargers. Chargers, you better win this game because you definitely have to win out in order to get into the playoffs. I'm going to pick the Chargers. Don't you let me down. It looks like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams should be back from protocols. 
you know, you know Denver, it looks like Drew, Drew Rock's going to start again. Too inconsistent for me. I'm picking the Chargers, and don't let me down this time, y'all. The Chargers have lost to the Broncos the last two times. Yeah. Uh, this could be a trap game for uh, we call them the San Diego Los Angeles Chargers on this show, but uh, Rachel, you you might uh, have this person as a, a good looking guy after yours truly. Justin Herbert, the starting quarterback of the Chargers, uh, I think he's going to play well. Uh, they sense in the playoffs uh, uh, a birth on the line. They lost bad at Houston last week. They're going to get back on track. I'm going with the Chargers. You know, I don't know who that quarterback is. I'm, I'm looking him up. Yeah, Justin Herbert. Google him. Google him. Justin Herbert. Google him. The, the, yeah. the only good like thing about see. him is that the Chargers also have great color combinations. So I would pick them just because of the colors right there. <laughs> I hope I hope they put the powder blue. I hope they go with the powder blue. I think I love those colors. See, exactly. Them. But keep my short and sweet too. The Chargers. Denver has been having such a you know roller coaster of the season. It's just taking a nosedive right now. So Chargers. <laughs> I'm just shocked that the Chargers are even still a team in the league. Oh, just, just based on everything, sharing a city and a stadium. Nobody in LA knows who the Chargers are. Wow. Yeah. That's that. she's right. That's that part. She's right. She is. Yeah. She's right. Okay. And the who? What? There's yeah, a what Chargers scheme? No, I don't know what that is. <laughs> Chargers, what tour are they? Well, what are they? You know, what's that? Uh, that? That is true, though, unfortunately. Uh, the NFC South, you got the Panthers and the Saints. It looks like Sam Darnold will get the start for the Panthers. I don't think, you know, can we just skip this one? I mean, this could be one of those nine, six, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, Saints, because they're at home. I don't know. I don't really care about this game. <laughs> yeah, I'll go with the Saints as well. Saints, short and sweet. <laughs> Saints, because I used to live in New Orleans. There you go. See, that's see, and that's another good one. Uh, should we? Uh, uh, Do we uh, care uh, about my tidbits? Should I just stop talking? No, no, no. no. Keep it going. Keep it going. <laughs> you know how we do. <laughs> no, keep it going. Uh, we'll keep it going here. Uh, Lions and Seahawks. I wish we could skip this one. Uh, the, the Seahawks. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> they lost to the Bears last week. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's really, uh, that's not really saying much. So, uh, mm, okay, Seahawks because they're at home, I guess. <laughs> yeah, Seattle uh, for me as well. They're nine and a half point favorite. It wouldn't shock me if Detroit won though, unlike the Bears. But well, they, mm, never mind. But we, I'll we go with Seattle. We'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. I'm right. <laughs> the Bears can't. Bears fans can't choose the Lions, so I have to go Seahawks. No, we can't. We physically can't. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's the it's a law that we can't do that. Uh, should be a good one here in the uh, NFC uh, America's game of the week. It should be. It'll probably be. I know uh, Joe Buck, Tori Eggman, and Aaron Andrews, and I believe Tom Rinaldi will be there in this game. At uh, Jerry's role, uh, Cardinals and the Cowboys. Sid, you take the honors and start this one. Dallas is favored by two and a half points. We saw what Arizona did last Saturday night. They came up short against the Indianapolis Colts, even though they technically are in the playoffs thanks to a Vikings loss. Uh, the very next day, the Cowboys, as, as we said all season long, Christine, hashtag Dak is back. You saw that performance last Sunday night. I don't think it's going to be as ugly, but uh, it's go, uh, it should be a very competitive game. You got a great quarterback matchup between Kyler Murray and Prescott. I'm going with Dallas by three. 
Yeah, I'm going to go with Dallas, too. It's great to see, too, even, you know, when when Dak wasn't playing, he was still the biggest hype man on that sideline. It, it was mm-hmm. awesome to see him just ruining on everybody. And um, I still think he's going to be considered the comeback player of the year. I, I really think that. So with that being said, I'm going with Dallas. I feel bad for Arizona. They had such a good start. And then since, oh, I forgot who was their first loss. But ever since then, it's just kind of been up and down for them. This should be a this should be a really good game. I, I I think it's gonna come down to maybe the the third or fourth quarter. I feel like it could be first to thirty. Even though I think we'll see if uh, Trayvon Diggs will probably be a factor. Also, Bubba Baker. That should be a really good matchup in secondary wise. You know what? Uh, I no. You know I'll pick the Cowboys. I thought about maybe picking Arizona, but then I said no. Nah, you know what? They're they're, they're kind of iffy at this point. So I'm gonna mm-hmm. pick it. This could be a match rematch in the playoffs too. You never know. Yeah. So. I'm picking Dallas. What about you, Rachel? I'm going with Dallas because I forgot at the beginning of this who you said they were playing. So I'm going with Dallas. <laughs> I would thought you would pick Arizona because their coach is pretty hot, uh, Cliff Kingsbury. But uh, listen, I don't just pick all my teams because of looks. You know, <laughs> some of it has to do with uniform colors and team rivalries. Yes, of course, of course, of course. Yeah, that I uh, see. We appreciate that. Should be going here in the NFC North. You got the Vikings and the Packers, a rematch of a few weeks back where the Vikings were able to pull it off. The Sunday matter here, uh, but I think the Packers will get their revenge. And unfortunately, I think the Vikings will, will be officially eliminated from playoff contention. I agree. You know, I give Minnesota a lot of flack just because I can't stand the Vikings fan out here. So that's why I give them such a hard time. But, but you know, they have gotten better. I, I don't think, you know, like our horrible bear situation, I hope they don't take Zimmer back on because I think they do need a new coaching staff and just rebuilding. And now there's all these rumors about, hey, let's trade Kirk Cousins. So who, who knows what's going to happen there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Green Bay is going to dominate Minnesota for sure. And with um, – with what uh, what was said earlier about Aaron Rodgers aging, he was in the stands at one point the same time he was playing the game. If you saw that picture, <laughs> <I> saw that. <laughs> so, so you know he, he's something. He's a magician, all right. <laughs> uh, Minnesota is uh, they're they're not favored. Green Bay is favored by seven and a half, and yeah, seven points actually. So Minnesota, it, they need to win out. Uh, this game and next week's game gets Chicago to and some help to get into the playoffs, but I don't see that happening. Adam Thielen, their wide receivers on on yeah. the injury reserve list. Mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook, their running back, he's activated, but I don't think it's going to matter. Yeah. I know they beat Green Bay in Lambeau last year, but I don't see it happening again this year. So I'm unfortunately going with the Packers. And thanks, Armando, for a little tip answering your question, uh, Christine, yeah. who was Cardinals first loss. It was to the Packers. All Perfect. right. All right. The Sunday night are here. You know, let's you know, real quick, you know, AFC, Browns and Steelers, uh, Monday night. You know, we're gonna get the Madden cast, you know, the, the season finale of the Madden cast. That'll help. That should make this get give a little more tolerable. But uh gosh, I know everybody's back. Yo, know, Baker, Mayfield, you don't know who you're gonna get. Uh you know, this could be one of those nine, six, ten, seven games I'd be preaching about sometimes. Uh, I'm gonna, you know what? I'll, I'll pick the Browns. I, I this is this, this game doesn't, doesn't really mean anything anymore, so I wouldn't pick the Browns. 
Yeah, th- crazy things have happened, especially in this rivalry. Of course, Mason Rudolph and, and Miles Garrett with that helmet foolishness a couple of years ago. Oh god! And and number two, you know, with the, having an extra week this year, uh, some crazy things could happen as, as far as teams um, battling for the wild card spot. So, I'm with you, Lakina. I'm going with Cleveland. Let's go, Baker. That's what I'm cheering for right now. Let, let's go, Baker. The, the guy I've heard, he, he's had a rough couple of weeks. Um, so, yeah, the Pittsburgh, they're they're pretty much done. Uh, Big Ben, this is his last hurrah now for the last couple of weeks with the Steelers. I heard, um, I heard on a radio show today that they were talking about who could possibly replace him, and they threw out the name, you know, Aaron Rodgers, they said maybe, you know, if he's sick of being in Green Bay, he'll go over there. So who knows? But for right now, it's Cleveland with the win. <laughs> Why are you laughing at that? I didn't say it. That was over my words now. He's going to take his bad look at his bad toe over there. <laughs> God, whatever is going on with his toe, that's just disgusting. <laughs> Ooh, I don't even want to picture that, Rachel. <laughs> Rachel? <laughs> Just skip me. You guys keep going. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I well, know. Yes. The because their colors are better. You, you don't want to do Cleveland with their colors. Right. That's true. No. Poor Ohio. <laughs> Poor Ohio. <laughs> well, uh, people who I feel bad for are our buddy Spiro Diaz and uh, Jay Feely, who will be calling this game in Chicago for CBS. I know some people are wondering, like, well, how is that? Well, this is sort of like a, they, they did a switch. Uh, that that uh that Raiders Colts game was supposed to be on CBS, but then they switched it, and now they get the Bears Giants uh game. If the Bears don't win this game, you know, shame on them. So I'm gonna keep it short. I'm just hoping that they get a good game. Probably not, but uh, I'm, I'm picking the Bears. But I think the, my thing's real. We'll be calling the Bears win. Uh, the Bears are favored by four points. This is the last game of the regular season for those Bears fans at Soldier Field, and this should be the last home game for. Soon to be, hopefully soon to be, ex-head coach Matt Nagy. Should. It should be. But with that being said, just by uh, circumstance, I'm going with the Bears. And I will not be watching this game live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, gosh, here, here's my gripe right now. So once everyone saw Nick Foles do his thing on Sunday, all of a sudden everybody's like, oh, he should have started. And this you called it a couple weeks ago, Christine. Uh, not just a couple weeks ago. I called it months ago. I just said, bringing Andy Dolan on, there was no point in that, especially when you have a great quarterback like Nick exactly. Foles, who is definitely not a third stringer. And I heard Matt Nagy's press conference earlier today saying, yeah, Fields and Dalton, they're both going to get snaps at practices, and we'll see how it goes. And I just say, screw that. Sit both of them out. Get rid of Dalton after this year. Keep on Foles, and there's your one or two. Have Fields and Foles battle it out. Whichever one is the best for next year, they start. Foles should be the one that's starting. I don't even know why it's even a question right now who's going to be starting this game when there is no point in having either of those two quarterbacks out there, especially when you have a future franchise quarterback like Justin Fields, who's already dealing with little injuries as it is, and we don't want to make it worse. Thank you, Armando, for saying months ago that they should bring in Foles. Months ago. So it's so frustrating to me, this team. And then I heard the other day saying how the possible coaching prospects for Matt Nagy 
are not that great this year. I know that you have the offensive coordinator for Kansas that's looking for a job. And then I heard maybe Jim Harbaugh wants to go back into the NFL. But if there are real, if there are no real co coaching prospects, like if you can't see anybody leading the team for the next five years, then hold off on it, in my opinion. Don't rush something if you want this team to be better. But the first position that needs to change is the general manager position. It starts at the top. We have to get rid of Ryan Pace first and then work our way down until we figure out what to do with the coaching staff. One of my 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 co-hosts and I, we were talking, and he's like, man, Nagy's the worst thing to ever happen to the Bears. I disagree with that because at one point when he started, he was he was the coach of the year in 2018. He took them to two playoffs. One of them was probably a fluke. But, you know, he has led the Bears to success. In my opinion, Tressman was the worst Bears coach. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, so Matt Nagy is not the demise of the Bears. He just was not ready to coach a team of this caliber. He wasn't ready to coach the original team – team of football, I'll say. So, you know what? And plus it was his first head coaching position. So I wouldn't knock Nagy for saying, oh, he was the worst thing for the Bears. Absolutely not. You got anything to add, Rachel? I just, I just love Chicago sports. I just Thank love you. that like, people are like, fire Nagy. He's the worst. No. What are we doing with this quarterback? So, no, I know. But like, I, I, I don't agree. Yeah. I'm like this whole situation with all these in incredible quarterbacks we have and like they're starting the worst one and I just love the way that Chicago fans and like experts like ourselves <laughs> speak about it because there's like so much passion and frustration that you can just feel from the fan base um when we talk about it that I don't think I've heard from that I don't hear from a lot of other people but it's like we know better we know who should be starting like and that's just how it always is in Chicago yeah. with all the sports you know <laughs> so go bears obviously there you go nice. <laughs> all right <laughs> and those are your week 17 picks in the National Football League wrapping things up here on second second city sports on sports on Chicago with Cindy Brown I'm Lakina McGee along with Christine Manica from KSRB and our girl Rachel Kovalchuk from the Hockey Lady Podcast. Um, you know, Armando, you know, thanks for all the comments, Armando. He says, you know, you know, Nagy's downfall was unwillingness to give up play calling. He thinks his playbook is the star of the Chicago Bears. The Denny's menu, as I call it. The Denny's, the Denny's menu of plays. <laughs> be <laughs> you. Is, yeah, yeah, be you. Go and be you. But, yeah, uh, I mean, I, look, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, you know, after this, you know, we'll – you know, we'll be talking about a coaching, but I think the fact that he hasn't been told that he's going to be let go and that they're not talking to other candidates, the Bears brasses, makes me wonder that if they win against the Giants and perhaps maybe Minnesota, maybe he does somehow get, get, you know, get brought back. I'm not, like I said, I'm not saying anything. I'm not going to try to put, put, it, put all the bad juju. Even but if it's I'm just, just a year, you know, because if they want to find the next guy to lead the Bears, you got to do it right. You can't rush into it, especially when there really isn't a prospect out there. My opinion, bring me back Levy Smith right now because we got rid of that guy when he was 10 and 6. So I'm willing to have that happen. 
<laughs> we have a couple minutes left uh, for our last show for 2021. Ray, uh, Rachel, uh, Christine, you guys uh, uh, for our Sports Zone Chicago audience. Rachel, you and Christine also have something in common with yours truly. Both the uh, uh, Christine, Rachel is a diehard White Sox fan. Yes. So you have a new White Sox friend now. Yes. Yep. Yes, you do. Yes, she is. <laughs> oh, my God. So yes. can, can I just say my boyfriend's amazing. He got me a Jermaine Dye jersey really? for Christmas. Yeah. Oh, nice. No. Yes. Yes. So everyone gives me flack because all I have is a Gordon Beckham T-shirt and a Gordon Beckham jersey. I still love Gordon Beckham, but my all-time favorite, I know, make fun of me. My all-time favorite White Sox player is Jermaine Dye. So he got me a Jermaine Dye jersey. And then my mom, she got me a really cute um, Baby Yoda shirt that says Southside on it. And he's in a little Chicago White Sox jersey. And oh, that's my so, God, so cute. Well, I think it's safe to say that, that you guys is favorite I, well, moment. You know what I would love is. Go, no, go ahead. No, fish, Rachel. No, no, no. I was going to say that your favorite say moment. Love and I see Gian jersey. Oh, if I could find one of those, I would rock that. Oh my god, I miss. I have him. one, uh, Rachel. Actually, I have one. <laughs> well, in one. the divorce, I get that. On that note. Well, I think it's safe to say since we're going to be talking, you know, real quick about our favorite moments. I'm sure you guys' favorite moments is you're all White Sox fans. You know, the Sox winning the the AL Central. Is that your favorite moment for 2021 in sports? No oh boy. Yes. <laughs> no, firing Colleton is mine. <laughs> oh, there, you oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's true. a good one. It was like three years too late. So, yeah. Yeah. Right, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I think I... my favorite Chicago sports mo moment got to give a little shout out to the sky, the Chicago oh, sky yes. in their first yes. WNBA. So, yeah, that's a really cool moment, especially for, you know, women in sports and just, you know, the WNBA in general. Well, and Candace Parker, which just named AP Women's Sports of the Year, sports yeah. a female athlete of the year. So uh, and very deserving too. congratulations. Yeah, yeah, that's up there. Also, to the Bulls resurgence. I think that's another good one. Mm -hmm. I, I think nationally, I think Baylor, the Baylor men's uh, hoops team winning the the title. You know, Scott Drew with you know, everything that 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 program has gone through before he got there and the fact that he was able to start from nothing now they're the top rated team in the country still right now so i think that's probably going also to the olympics i think suny lee you know becoming a big star alice felix you know came up with the women in sports you know finishing up on top when they leading the the women's uh four by 400 meter uh relay team to gold you know again in that event so a lot of great moments all around Yep, uh, I, I couldn't agree with you uh, with you guys more. Um, one more uh, uh, subject to tackle before uh, we close up shop. Christine, I'll start with you first. Ray, Ray, you go second. John Madden, a pro football Hall of Famer, broadcaster, and head coach, passed away at the age of 85 yesterday. And, of course, locally, Jeff Dickerson, ESPN Chicago Bears reporter, passed away at the age of 44. Christine, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on those two gentlemen? You know, I meant to say something about Jeff Dickerson before I got into my little Bears rant there. But uh, <laughs> absolutely, you know, hearts go out to that little boy. Oh, my gosh. I, I can't imagine what that family is going through right now, especially just seeing all the great tributes from local and nationwide broadcasters mm -hmm. um, just about how great of a guy Jeff Dickerson was. And I've heard him a couple of times. I've read his stuff as well. 
Um, it's just, it's incredibly sad, incredibly sad. And shout out to the Eagles owner. He donated $10,000 on the GoFundMe page. That That's amazing in itself. And it just speaks to the type of character that Jeff Dickerson was. So definitely my hearts go out to his family. Hearts go out to um, John Madden's family as well. That's unexpected. And he is the the face, the voice, everything, football, anything NFL is always John Madden. So definitely a sad, sad day in the sports industry, including especially football. Rachel? Exactly. It's it's like Madden was the father of football, you know, yeah. as we know it today, our generation and even, you know, the ones before. But it is just a sad to see. And I mean, gosh, he was 85, though. He's been yeah. around and gosh, he did that for how many years he Long was involved time. calling games. And and I mean, geez, what a, what a guy, what a legend and a, and a impact he made on the sport and the way that it's covered today. So hearts out to uh, everybody who's, who's suffered a loss this, this season. As I said well, earlier I in this, yeah, as I said earlier in the show, a generation knows John Mann as a head coach and our generation, Lakina, Rachel, uh, we, we know him as a broadcaster and Christine's generation knows him as just a guy's name on a video game. Yeah, so he oh, covered all you generations. Get a little bit more credit than that. <laughs> Some of you, but I'm just saying overall. But yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, overall, like yeah, but yeah, and and I think you know, yeah. like it's been said, seeing how the game has evolved, you know, with the graphics and mm -hmm. such. Yeah, the gameplay might be, you know, might have gone down a little bit, you know, in recent years, but even still, you know, check out all the stuff, you know, check out all Madden. It's going to be on the Big Fox Network the next couple of days, also too, you on streaming services like ESPN Plus and Peacock and Tubi. So make sure you guys check that out if we can get a chance. Also, to uh, an update on uh, Jeff Dickerson's son, uh, Parker, a GoFundMe page for him. Uh, both the Chicago Blackhawks and Tom Ricketts, who's the owner of the Cubs, have each uh, donated five thousand dollars in mm. that GoFundMe, which is already approached is about three seventy seven, three hundred seventy seven thousand right now. So it's approaching wow. four hundred thousand. So. You know, I'm, I'm sure folks are going to be making sure that Parker gets whatever he needs and a support system is just such a just a sad, just a sad situation all around. I'm also too thoughts and prayers go out to both the Dickerson and the Madden mm -hmm. families. But let's 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 end on a higher on a high note, folks. Uh, what real quick though, what were you guys' predictions for like sports in 2022? Rachel, you start this one with hockey or any other sport you want to deal with. <laughs> Oh, I just hope we get a full season and playoffs and that uh, COVID doesn't take down any of the guys and that um, that the Tampa Bay Lightning don't win the Stanley Cup again. How about that? <laughs> that would be three in a row for them, <laughs> Christine. I agree. I hope that everything goes as smoothly as possible. Um, we don't want to see another shutdown happen. I hope the MLB can get their act together with each other and right. they can come yeah. to some sort of an agreement. Um, and just overall, let's let's have a let's have a good 2022. Same here. When the, when that lockout ends, hopefully the White Sox can get a comparable second baseman. Yes. Okay. Oh, <laughs> And hopefully they can get past the divisional round and perhaps take it all the way. Yeah. I know we're a long ways away from that, but hopefully the Sox can do better than they did a year ago. Last yeah. year was the step winning the division, but you got to do better this year because all eyes on you now. Uh, it, uh, it's difference between being the hunt, uh, the hunt, the hunters. Now you're going to be the hunted. Yeah, yeah. 
echoing yeah echo all of that and, you know hope that nothing everything goes off without mm-hmm. a hitch in all sports mm-hmm. especially with the olympics coming up i know that's a whole whole another conversation with other stuff but you know we don't have time for that um hopefully the bulls can you know not necessarily make a run to the Eastern Conference, but if they can at least get to the second round, I think that would be that would be uh, good. And also, too, you know, hopefully baseball gets their butts, to, you know, gets their acts together. I don't know who's going to win the Super Bowl. It could be the Chiefs. It could be the Bucks again. It could be somebody else. I don't know, but I'm not good with that kind of stuff. But just so that everything goes out without a hitch in 2022, and you know, all around for everybody, 2022. Yeah, all hopefully right. we, yeah, we get hopefully we can get Rachel on the Bulls bandwagon again. Yeah, yeah, they've been good this year, Rachel. Come on. No, I can't. I can't follow the NBA. I can't. I I dislike it very much. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. Trust me, when the Bulls make I it to can't. the finals, she'll be back on there real quick. <laughs> yeah. No. Nope, nope, I'm sticking to my morals. Oh, no. Okay. I mean, great, wonderful if they win, but like, I can't. I can't. It hurts my brain too much to watch the NBA. I'll work on it for you guys. That's my new project for 2022. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, get, yeah, get, get the That'll be your job. <laughs> and plus, and plus, uh, Rachel, when you, when you come back to Chicago, hopefully this summer, we definitely got to hang out at a White Sox game. I'm putting it on record right yes, now. Yes, and thumbs up our pictures everywhere. Yes, keep. That oh up. yes, uh, I meant to do this, but uh, thank you for uh, giving me started. Uh, go to my Twitter, not Twitter, but go to my Instagram, <laughs> Sick Kid Eddie. Rachel inspired me because I was at the Cubs Sox series last year for three games, one at Wrigley and then the two at Comiskey with a thumbs down. Thank you, Rachel. Uh, check it out there. She really inspired me to do that. Thank you, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, you follow me. It's the little things. The little yes. things. It's a little things, yo, you got to do. <laughs> on that note, you can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Scott McGee on the IG. You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. S-I-D-K-I-D-80. Christine, where can people follow you? They can follow me on Twitter at Manica underscore KXRB. And Rachel, where can people follow you on the IG? On Instagram, it's at the hockey lady, and you can listen to the podcast I co-host wherever you listen to podcasts at the House of Hockey Podcast. All, all right. right. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app. Make sure you follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you catch our audio version of this podcast, Sega City Sports, at War on Anchor. We're available on all podcast platforms there. And you can follow War Media at WAR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. A couple of quick shouts before we close up shop for 2021. Thank you very much to Sean Sierra and Maya Kai for bringing us along to do our live show. We were doing podcasts for the last year or so. It's great to have a, a, a great platform to do live shows again. So thank those both those uh, uh, wonderful people, one and all. And thank you to Kyle Means. Uh, uh, he's at NBC Sports Chicago as well, but he's the head content director at War Me and still puts out our uh, yeah. audio version of our podcast. So thank those three people, one and all. And also all the guests, including these two lovely ladies for joining yes. us over the last year. We're definitely going to be bringing them on again in 2022. Also, you know, folks like, you know, Rob, uh, Rob Schaefer, uh, Matt Peck, uh, Big Dave Watson, Mark Grody from 670 The Score, um, numerous others that have followed us at this platform. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll Alana Techauer. Te- yes, Alana Techauer mm-hmm. also too. Uh, Josh Hicks, Sean Davis, yes. love them yes. all. Yes, to me, it's all. a name, but you know, but we think of the ones that joined us this year. We think the one and all. We'll bring them all back along with new folks oh, new next people. year. 
So new yes. faces. So yeah. So happy yes. new year, everybody. As, as Armando, Abel Armando, thank you so much, Armando, for uh, supporting us through all this. Yo, tell your friends about us as well. So uh, you guys have a safe and happy new year for Sid, Christine, and Rachel. I'm Lakia. This is Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago, and we'll see you in 2022. Till 2022, January 3rd. Holla!